Jim, you like a night out at the movies, don't you? I do, yes. What's the worst part of the movie-going experience? It's the overpriced popcorn. Nope. It is the people texting in the middle of a movie. Uh-uh. It's got to be fighting your way to the free urinal after a four-hour-long Hobbit movie, then. Close. All right, I give up. Standing in line for the privilege of buying your tickets from some snot-nosed punk in a red vest. You're right. That is the worst. Good news. There's an easy way out. Go to fandango.ballmove.com and print your tickets at home or present your e-tickets on your mobile device and breeze right through the lines like a VIP and never worry about a movie being sold out again. Fandango.ballmove.com. Watching Dead, the officially unofficial podcast for The Walking Dead on AMC. I'm Jim. And I'm Aaron. And we're talking about Season 5, Episode 7, titled Crossed. Uh, what did you think on the second viewing of this episode? Uh, the stuff that I... I don't know. I noticed a lot more... I noticed a lot more things that I didn't like. And, <laughs> okay. I'm, I, and, and I'm, just, I'm just really bracing myself for this this next episode to be disappointing. In fact, I'm going, I'm out, I'm bracing myself for them not bringing the hospital plot to a conclusion that they're going to have. Oh, that would be insane. They're going to have a cliffhanger. No, no, I, I refuse to believe that. (laughs) I mean, do you realize how fractured the group is now? Oh yeah. And how it's going, how much moving pieces are going to have to come together to fully resolve this thing. Um, well, I mean, so to fully resolve this thing, assuming, like, I'm going with the assumption that Carol's going to die, they just have to get in, get Beth, and get out, right? Sure. And then head back to the church, because everybody else is going to head back to the church, I assume. I mean, Abraham, at this point, you know, has picked up his water bottle. He's ready to go back to the church, I think. Oh, you think they're going to they're gonna break out a camp herd and uh, head on down? <laughs> I think so. Now that Eugene is starting to wake up, or is a walker, either one, yeah. I'm not quite sure. Sure. Uh, I think everybody's going to rendezvous at the church, and then they're going to have to decide, because they've been making a big deal this episode about, like, what do we do now that we have no mission to D.C.? Uh, they're just kind of floundering, so they need to go back to the church, regroup, and figure out where they're going next. Well, um, I don't know. I must have shook something loose last week with the lame-ass spoiler section because we just got tons of spoiler takes and, and predictions <laughs> and stuff this week. Okay. Uh, which I think some of them are pretty good. But, yeah, I mean, like I said, I feel like if I am thinking that they're going to stretch this out into the first part of next season as some kind of cliffhanger, then uh-huh. I'm, you know, at, at best I'm going to be surprised, mildly mildly and pleasantly surprised. Uh but if I go and think I'm going to get a nice, tidy resolution and, oh, yeah. you know, the convoy scene uh, <laughs> off o- over the hills, uh-huh. I mean, my God. So Walking Dead has taught you to temper your expectations so as not to be disappointed. Yeah, I mean. That's not a good situation to be yeah, in. But, I mean, like, uh, just a Gabriel thing, him getting away. Uh, that, uh, do you consider that part of a, a necessary resolution? No. Do you require... Honestly, Gabriel could leave the group and never come back, and I wouldn't care. He's right. not a character I care about yet. Do you do you think that at the Rick and Abraham have to meet back up? 
I, I, yeah, those are the two guys who were, when they left the church, leading this group kind of together, kind of in different ways. Yeah. And they need to come back and either reconcile their views on what they should do next or, you know, butt heads again and then off they go. Sure, sure. Okay. So that, that's what I'm hoping for. You might very well be right. We may get no resolution to this whatsoever, but we'll see. Sure. Uh, what do you have for us as far as information about the episode? Um, before we get to that, I got a bunch of other things to talk oh, about. Oh, shit. Number one, got our first real teaser for Better Call Saul. Oh, yeah. A lot of people yeah. email and notify me on Facebook. Are you guys going to do Better Call Saul? <laughs> what we, do you think? We are confirming on this here podcast uh-huh. that we will be covering Better Call Saul day one. Yeah. And, in fact, we'll probably have... Uh, Knowing us, the week before it airs, we'll have some kind of roundup of all the things we've heard and like what we're excited for and you know what we like to call the preseason show. Yep. Uh so rest rest assured we'll 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 be having that uh ready to go. Uh also, I got some good news and bad news. Which you want first, Jim? Both at the same time. Uh give me the bad news. Uh we have a survey we'd like for you guys to fill out. It's bad news. It's bad. It's it's something they got to do. It's it's this is the stick. I'm leading with the stick, and then I got the carrot. Okay. Um, we want to know how we can improve in 2015. So we've got a survey. It's going to take five minutes probably to complete. Mm-hmm. Just ask your opinions on our shows and um, just all kinds of facets of of our operation here. And we're really hoping to use your input uh, to figure out what we should do and how we can improve and what things we need to keep the same for next year. Uh, so if you haven't, I know a lot of people that supported us and emailed us that we have their email addresses handy. We've already sent this uh, survey, and you don't have to take it twice. In fact, I prefer you don't. <laughs> but if you'd like to help us make Bald Move better, absolutely free, just five minutes of your time, go to survey.baldmove.com, and it'll take you there. And again, uh, a couple of minutes later, you'll be whisked, whisked, whisked through the process. And uh, thanks in advance to everybody who's, uh, filled that, who's going to fill that out, and thanks to everybody who's filled it out so far. Here's the carrot. The long-awaited forums are done. Yeah. Uh, you can get to them at forums.baldmove.com. Or is it forum? Forum. It's forums. With an S. Plural. Yep. F-O-R-U-M-S. Forums.baldmove.com. And uh, there's, it's, it's, we made it easy. If you've got a Facebook account, a Twitter account, a Gmail account, an open ID, you can just breeze right through the login process and you're confirmed. You can also just create one from scratch. And if you log in on like as Facebook, you can you can also change your username. So don't don't think that you're stuck with uh, login as you know John T real name. Uh, you can change that to, to however you'd like. Um, Damn it, that was actually my username, John T real name. But yeah, no, uh, log in there. Um, make sure you check out the forum rules before getting too rowdy and uh, have fun. We're we're really we, we've had uh, a lot of Patreon and subable supporters kind of beta testing it and i think we got all the kinks worked out so we're pretty excited yeah enough of the bullshit let's get to the episode all right it was Uh, written by seth hoffman who has a lot of walking dead experience he's written five or six episodes of a lot written a lot of vegas episodes and damn near all prison break and is directed by billy gearhart who's done a lot of walking dead a lot of once upon a time hell on wheels sons of anarchy justified torchwood terriers the shield I feel like we have lots of industry experience. It just feels like they kind of set themselves up for a little bit of a failure the way they've structured this season. And the thing that we've kind of been fearing, at least from my perspective, is all these desperate threads not 
coming together quite quite well enough. Yeah, for me, like the second time through, I was just bored by this episode. Yeah, like, this it there was nothing aside from Daryl's amazing uh, zombie head rip. Which distracted, there, there which nothing. blinded us to yeah. a lot of the problems with the episode, quite frankly. Yeah, I, I honestly don't have a ton of problems with this episode. It just, I didn't really care. Like, it just bored me. Like, the the, the nitpicking stuff that everybody's complaining about, uh, whatever. Yeah, cars don't make sound. Walker doesn't, walkers don't make sound in this universe until they get right on top of you. At least they're consistent <laughs> with that stupid shit. Uh, I, I don't know. It's just boring. I mean, that's the thing. I mean, that, I feel like that's worse than act of hate when you're just meh. You're apathetic. Yeah. I was completely indifferent this episode. Hmm. Uh, I don't know why. I don't know why. Well, let's see if we can figure it out together. Okay. We start out with them dismantling the church, and they then head out to Atlanta, and Gabriel sees a bunch of blood on the floor, and he tries to uh, remove that blood. I thought I thought that was really disturbing. Gabriel trying to get that stain out with his fingers, fingernails. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking, oh, my God. It's like, you don't watch Girls, right? Uh, I did for the first two seasons. Was was one of Not those anymore. episodes where uh, Lena Dunham uh, was scooting across the... Yeah, yeah. The, and you were like, oh, splinter in your ass. Don't do that. Yeah. Oh, so <laughs> and you're... Then, yeah. And then it totally happens, yeah. <laughs> she's in her fucking panties, and she's uh-huh. scooching her along a uh, bear... What, is the, what do you call that? The What Father Gabriel's prying up... Uh, Bearwood floors, uh, I, hardwood, hardwood. Floors? Thank yeah, you. Okay. And, I, and I was like, "Oh God, I I know what's going to happen here." And sure enough, six inch splinter. Yeah, I was just thinking that I, it's like if he rips a fingernail off, mm-hmm. somehow that's worse than any other <laughs> violence I've seen. What did you think about I'd the nail be... in the foot then? Because a uh, lot I've of had people a nail are like, in the foot. Oh, "I've had cringing. a nail, in, I've had a nail in the foot, and hmm. it uh, hurts worse pull, uh, going out than it does coming in." I so I don't know. I mean, I worry that he's going to die of tetanus. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep. You're going to see a lockjaw zombie, which got to that's got to be a debilitating handicap yeah. in the zombie apocalypse. Nothing you can really do as a walker with lockjaw. Yeah, you're you're just got to fingernail people to death, and he's already worn them to a nub on yeah. the floors. He's just going to be a helpless zombie. <laughs> he's done for. Maybe Michonne can lasso him and use him for a pet. There you go. Uh, what did you think about the dismantling of the church, dude? I was getting so hot for the prospect <laughs> of an A team episode. I really did. I thought yeah, yeah. like, oh, I mean, I, I, it was hard for me to imagine them going full on A team. But when I started seeing them taking the pipes apart and they're splitting pews apart and they're gathering supplies, I was like, oh my god. And yeah. then it just seems like they are barricading the church to make it more of a long term habitation. Are they actually going to? Is the church going to be the set for the next half of the season? No, I I don't think so. That would be crazy. Uh, it felt to me more like they were doing this as a measure to help Carl and Michonne defend this place. Because, mm. um, you know, they, they leave and then they board up the doors behind them. So I think that's what was going on. Yeah, I'll, I'll, if you if you're don't have the fortitude to nitpick, I will. Why the fuck do you nail boards into the middle of the door? I mean, don't you just nail them into the door frame? Or better yet, devise a system where you can take that big pew board and, like, you know, use it as a true, what do you call those things? Like a, a door jam or door bar? Sure, yeah. But so you can, like, so ra- you would you have can, to hook can... some, you would have to nail some hooks to the wall and then slide the board in behind them. Is that what you're talking? Like, when they, yeah, when they put the, Big thick wooden beam in front of the gates. Yeah, like nail a section of pew 
in a castle. Below and nail it about a pew width the board uh, above. And then you nail another set of pew boards over that, so it can makes like a C shaped bracket. Then you can just slide that thing, and now you can get in and out of the church without yeah, pulling yeah. the Father Gabriel. Yeah, that's that's rough. Getting out of that church is not going to be fun. Yeah, when when Rick comes back, they're going to have to be like this old house project, just getting him <laughs> back into the goddamn church. I mean, <laughs> pretty much. What the hell? I took it as Carl had started nailing the middle, but they were just going to nail the whole fucking thing. Yeah. I don't know how many nails they had, right? But. Like, nail the the door, nail the frame, nail everything. Mm. Uh, yeah, I mean, on the second thought of watch, I thought that... I thought the group's fatal flaw is taking Tyrese. Yeah. But after thinking about it a lot, I I, I, I kind of side with a lot of people that emailed me. It's like, look, Rick just couldn't, couldn't leave Tyrese behind because... I don't know if... Did Rick know that he pussed out about, uh, you know, trucker hat chewing gum guy? Uh, I don't know. I mean, certainly we as an audience know that, but I feel like the characters didn't know to to what level that all happened. Sure. Uh, the moment I really like in this scene is when Rick and Michonne are talking about who's going to go to save Carol. And uh, Michonne says, "I we all owe Carol, and Rick says, I owe her more. I think that's pretty accurate, right? I mean, the guy who banished her probably owes her a lot more <laughs> than the rest of this group, I think. No, I think I think you're you're dead on there. So I liked seeing that, you know, him admitting, yeah, I kind of fucked up, and uh, I'm gonna make I'm gonna try to make good on this. I had another point on this uh, whole Father Gabriel scene, the, the dismantling the church from Kim M. Kim Impossible. She said, I like the symbolism of Gabriel's church being ripped apart at the same time as his mind is going. Um, mm. I thought that was a pretty good point. Do you think they're trying to get uh, flowery with us? Yeah, probably. I mean, there's a lot going on in Gabriel's head that isn't explicitly spelled out in this episode, and I think we're True left enough. to kind of figure it out, and I'm okay with that. Yeah. Um, I I think, like we've said in the past, you know, show, don't tell, that sort of rule always appeals to us. Yeah. Uh, I don't know that they completely showed, but they definitely didn't tell. Sure. Uh, so we're left to <laughs> we're left to think about it. Ooh, that's a, another pioneering technique. Don't show or tell. <laughs> don't show or tell. Just leave the list, the the watchers uh, scratching their head. Mm-hmm. Um, she also opined that the pipe organs were for uh, Walker protection. Yeah, I think so. I wish I'd like. I'd like. I hope we get to see the church again, just so I can get a look at that because I didn't. It wasn't immediately obvious. You know, whether he's angling them out of spikes or stuff, but it wasn't immediately obvious how that was actually going to deter Walkers. And yet, still allow people to approach the door, which I think is the goal. Yeah, Except for they're like... also nailing it all shut. So, yeah, yeah. There's no reason to go to the door anyway. But I, I felt like it was a little akin to what Morgan did in Clear, mm-hmm. where he had those uh, the spikes he out in front her. of the town. Yeah, uh, and, and you know what they, they did, did at the, the prison, prison as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. like they like the front door spikes. Yeah, organ pipes are not going to impale anybody though. That's I wouldn't sure. think so, unless the unless the walkers sprint and then tra- get a mini trampoline. They're pretty mushy, yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, sure, fire hose walkers, they could impale themselves oh, yeah. on a telephone pole. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it depends if you get a nice, firm firm walker, <laughs> uh, like Daryl's uh, crispy walker used to beat someone in the submission. I think uh, maybe they, they, they would be safe from organ pipe impalement. Probably. OPP. That's the real meaning. Uh, uh, so that's th- actually OPI. 
retract. Yes. Uh, we, we head out to Atlanta. They're on their way. Uh, Tyrese is trying to talk to Sasha in the back of the truck about losing Bob, but she's not really interested in talking at this point. Um, as I recall, Ty- Tyrese makes a big point about, you know, I've, I've been there. Yeah. I, I've been in your situation. As I recall, he did not handle that situation very well. No, he went on the most violent episode of Encyclopedia Brown ever. <laughs> he really did. End up being getting a fight with Rick. End up getting a fight with uh, Daryl. In fact, and Carl. He fought he everyone. Thought real hard about shooting Carol in the face. Yeah, with that revolver before he decided to you know become the pacifist we now know and love today. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Yeah, no, I, so, I, it smacks a little bit of yeah. hypocrisy here. Just saying, let it go, let yeah. it go. You know, like I did. Yeah, when you were endangering the group by being a fucking asshole, and yeah, yeah I mean, that, yeah. But you're you know, right. He has he eventually came around, and I think you know he's got to speak from his perspective now. And so, I understand why he says it, but looking back, he didn't exactly handle it gracefully either. Right, he's like a guy who's given up gluten. <laughs> and now he just doesn't know why everybody else doesn't give up gluten. Sure. And, you know, it mm-hmm. took him six months to adopt a gluten-free lifestyle, but he's going yeah. to and give now... you all kinds of shit about your pizza crust now. Sure. <laughs> it's been 24 hours. Why are you still eating gluten? <laughs> you know it's poison. So then we get a scene of Beth visiting Carol in her room, and she is not looking good. She's beat up. She's unconscious. Uh, not looking so hot. And Beth Carol. comes in there with her mop, looking like she's this close to singing "The Sun Will Come Out Tomorrow." Oh, yeah. And and the only the only thing that spared us was Doctor Kavorkin coming in to check on her. Yep. Uh, yeah, not yeah, not a great not a great Beth episode either. No, every everything was just kind of meh. Uh huh. Right, except for Daryl. Yeah. Anyway, we go back to the herd um, where. Glenn and his group are, and they're tending to Eugene, and he's in pretty bad shape. Uh, still unconscious. Who knows when he's going to wake up. Rosita tries to snap Abraham out of his funk, but he's not thrilled about that. And uh, gets up in her face, and then Maggie has to basically threaten him back down to his knees with the, her massive weapon. Sure. Yeah. Uh, do you know uh, what else is on kind of shaky meh ground? Meh ground. Uh, Tara's anagram. Tara's anagram skills. <laughs> okay. Gratum was the best you could. Che- <laughs> Team Gurr was right there, man. It, you're right. You're right. Team Gurr is right there. I think that's my new name for this group because they make me grit my teeth and mutter. <laughs> They're Team Gurr. I did an anagram on Tara. I, I don't know how you pronounce her name, but it's spelled C H A M B L E R. Wait, that's her real la- character's last name? Yeah. Ch- Chambler? Chambler? Chambler, maybe? Chambler? 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 I don't know how you say it. Anyway, the anagram I came up with is Lame Brat Care, uh, <laughs> C-H-A-R, character. Yeah. Lame Brat Character, I think, fits her pretty well. Sure, sure. Uh, this bump, bro. That's the surprising thing. To yeah, the yeah. Machine. She's on uh, Team Bra. Uh, anyway, what else do you want to talk about with this scene? Uh, just... Anything about Abraham? Uh, no, not till later. Um, okay. You know, I, I have serious questions about this whole scene and what Abraham was trying to do. Uh, but the big thing is, is that uh, Eugene has some serious head trauma. Oh, yeah. He's been knocked unconscious for quite some time to the point where he's kind of in a coma and, like, he either gets up or he doesn't. 
Uh, I yeah. wonder if they'll actually that'll be something that they go forward with because I don't re- recall another instance where a character ha- gets hit in the head so hard that they black out for hours. Well, we have yet to see how long Sasha stays out. <laughs> that true, true, true. <laughs> but but yeah, you're right. That is a serious head wound. Uh, so who knows if he's like at the end of the episode when he wakes up, I'm not certain if he's a walker or not. He was making walkerish noises, which I'm sure that's yeah, deliberate. That's that's for sure. That's Walking Dead uh, attempts at cleverness. Do you think that Maggie would have shot Abraham had he continued to advance? Ooh, I actually thought we were going to go for the classic. You don't got it in you, and then she's mm, like, "Yeah, cocks the hammer, try me." And then he <laughs> just comes and either takes it out of her hand or she blasts him in the face. Do you think okay. that Maggie would have blasted him in the face? Ah, uh, man. I feel like yes, yes she would have. I do. I got. I, there's no question in my mind she would have shot him. Yeah, if if he had made a move to hurt anybody at that point. Yep, yep, yeah. That's how I. That's how I called it. I mean, okay. she's she's been through too much shit with the governor and this group yeah, to no let some guy have a fucking hissy fit and lay hands on people. Sure. Um. So we we then move on to Rick's group planning their invasion of the prison. Uh. I'm not certain how I feel about this scene when Tyrese basically calls for them to do it without killing anyone. Uh, everybody, everybody gets out alive, and Daryl backs him up. I don't, I don't know how I feel about that, man. Well, I was disappointed. Like in the... I get Tyrese saying it. I don't know how I feel about Daryl backing him up. Well, but Daryl was the kind of pass. If you buy the theory that Daryl was trying to be deliberately cold to Noah last episode as a way to kind of jar Carol back into her humanity, then you could kind of see this as, you know, Daryl being a little bit softer, gentler, you know, not, not quick about throwing away people's lives. And he's got, you know, Rick's, he's got Carl's father there. And on second watch, it's funny because this is one of the things that bugged me the most on a second watch. The plan as outlined by Tyrese has merit. like take, there's not that many police officers, uh, she's already having a hard time keeping this whole thing going. Why not try to grab a few on patrol and bar and bargain? I mean, it worked with the uh, because that might work. It worked and with Rick's the Vatos. Plan will work. Well, like but that's... I think Tyrese did a good job of saying, "Yeah, that's best case scenario." But worst case, you well, know... so is his plan. Best case scenario is everybody gets out without a scratch. Of course, that's sure. Best case, yeah. But I mean, you got to go with what you know about the enemy and. You know, I I would guess I was surprised that Noah. I mean, Noah apparently. I this other thing that really bugs me about this hospital plot is that I feel like they've really retconned this hospital to be not as big of a hellhole as we were led to believe. Like mm. it to me, it was heavily intimated that this was a huge, uh, you know, they had a huge rape wing of the hospital where they had uh. You know the wards, the, as they the, call them, the right? wards, and yeah. it's not. You know, people kind of you know took us to task in the email about that. They're like, I don't think you could get that assumption, but no, absolutely, yeah, that's what happened to Joan. They refer to them as the wards when they're referring to them raping people, and and Gorman made it explicit that he had women that he owned. Yeah. The whole girl with the dead eyes that shut the door in Beth's face. Mm-hmm. Uh, what what's the, the the lady that runs the Dawn? Dawn. Yeah. Dawn giving that, this is the only use you have in this world speech to yeah. Beth. I mean, it's pretty explicit 
that they they at, at least a small but vocal and powerful contingent within the force had decided to quote unquote blow off steam or relieve stress or whatever euphemism Don called it, and yeah. everyone knew it. I mean, the doctor certainly did, Noah certainly did, Joan for damn sure did. Mm-hmm. But this episode, it's like. Gorman was the bad apple, and there's no mention of that. Like Beth is just mopping floors, and she doesn't seem like she's, you know, under duress from that. Which kind of surprised me that they completely dropped that angle. Now all these cops are seemingly fairly noble. I mean, you can't blame yeah. you can't blame Officer Bob for trying to jack Sasha and get back to his own people. <laughs> sure, no, I mean, not at all. Yeah, that's that's dumb, bad bad move on her. So I'm I'm a little more curious why Beth is after an at- escape attempt where she helped one of them get away. Uh, was her punishment to be hit in the head and given more stitches, and that's it? Like she's not under guard; she's allowed to roam around freely and mop the floors, and not a problem that she tried to escape. Well. We saw what they did to what's her face when they brought her in. Was that Joan? Well, well, they cut her arm off. I mean, I know, but they strapped her down to a table. She wasn't going anywhere. Sure, like, sure. She she was stuck there. But, but she's Beth, also let Rome. yelling and screaming and doing all that stuff. Maybe Beth just completely, you know. So if she plays over. it cool. She yeah, dude, fine. it doesn't make sense. And again, <laughs> I don't understand where they went with the whole Ward plot line either. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. It's like it's like they got they wrote themselves in a corner like, well, we need these cops to be kind of like non-monstrous people and, you know, hey, let's throw a woman on there for diversity. So now like this group of three police officers, I don't think are going to rape a bunch of young women at a hospital. But Gorman was mm, like yeah. and maybe there's that other asshole that was like arguing for maybe there's a couple more but these guys yeah. aren't it. Maybe. I mean, you know, Noah says that Bob was one of the good ones. Is the doctor still protecting Beth because he doesn't know that she tried to shiv him until... <laughs> yeah, he wouldn't yeah, know that, maybe, I guess. Maybe it, it makes a little bit more sense, <laughs> but it still is just, you know, that whole part of the plot is absent this episode. Like, it never was there. Yeah. Um, my other thought, I guess, on why Daryl backs Tyrese here is because maybe... Like, I, I don't buy into the idea that it was all part of Daryl's master plan for Carol to see the light and become more human. I think it was the other way around. I think Carol had figured out that being Rambo is not the way to be necessarily and that she was trying to influence Daryl there mm. um, and that he kind of came around a little bit to her way of thinking when she forced him to save Noah, essentially. Uh, and now he's taking a little bit more of a, a gentler approach mm-hmm. like Tyrese is. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, let's move on. Carl gives Gabriel his choice of weapons, and he counsels him on the zombie world, you know, what he's got to do to survive. Yep. And then Michonne looks at that, and she seems kind of disturbed. Or am I wrong? Am I misreading that? Uh, She's looking at Carl saying, yeah, you got to really just get the angle on the machete and and stab downward through the base of the... <laughs> he's just, like, telling him exactly how to kill, and she's like, hmm, I don't know. Yeah, I don't know whether she sees that what this looks like to Father Gabriel, that this, like, you know, adolescent is coming and telling him the finer points of killing. Although, I got to say, yeah. Father Gabriel, you don't know how to hold a machete. What the <laughs> fuck? I just think he didn't 
care. He didn't want to hold the machete. But I'm saying, like, you, if someone offers you a machete and you grab it handle first, you're going to hold it more or less correctly. <laughs> That's true, yeah. <laughs> I mean, he grabbed it like it was a squirt gun or a, mm. one of those weird TJ Hooker nightsticks that had a side handle on it or something. Yeah. Like, what the fuck? Uh, Billy Club. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't know, man. He just doesn't know how to. He's never held a machete. Maybe I think that's what know. disturbed her. She's like, yeah. "Oh, look at that grip! What the <laughs> hell kind of weird reverse southpaw?" Yeah, as a as a tennis backhand grip, are you employing there, man? <laughs> I don't know. It's it's very weird. Uh, but she goes. I, and, I so, mean, she there's something there because she goes to appeal to him later on. Yeah, yeah. She she sees something, and she goes to tell him like, "We're not all that bad." You know, the things we're doing. We basically have to do. They they have the outcomes that need to. And from happen. from father's Ga- father Gabriel's perspective, these people are lunatics. Yeah, another group of lunatics broke into his church, and you know said exactly. that he's going to let people go and do this. We only want that. And then he watched Rick's group butcher them with mach- you know the very machete that I think he's being offered. Did they have a red uh, handle? That had a black handle. Oh, yeah. They have multiple machetes. R- Rick's red hand. It's the one he's actually still got in his little scabbard. I think so. so yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, uh, yeah, but you're right. He, we have to remember that Gabriel is very new to this. He has been sheltered in this church for okay, two years or something. Which I'm already going to say that this is the last time I'm giving this trope any slack. All right. If we meet any more motherfuckers, <laughs> uh, they're in a third story apartment eating a load of fucking have, beef jerky. I have and no idea what a headshot is. Has no idea what a headshot or living on beefaroni uh, or some fucking closeted, cloistered cleric i'm i'm done <laughs> fuck you gimple this is it this is your last chance this is way too long for someone not to know how to kill a zombie yeah yeah yeah. to not be a zombie themselves i'm with you uh, but i am because it's seth gilliam and i i like him and i think mm-hmm. he's doing a pretty good job here i'm gonna give yeah. it slack no more yeah but that's the main thing you need to remember about this character's perspective is this is all very new so when he sees this happen, this is probably the first time he's seen anything like that happen. Oh, except for and the time when his case. entire congregation got ripped to shreds before his very eyes. Yeah, but he, well, he didn't that. see that happen, right? He was holed <laughs> up in the church, windows boarded up, all that With shit. With his fingers going in his ears going, la, la, Pretty, la, la, la. I think so, yeah. Uh-huh. Pretty much. Uh, but he hasn't seen, like, the carnage. Like, that was right after the apocalypse. So now he's seen nothing in the interim. I don't buy it. I guess he did have the can drives, but he knew enough to know what was going down at the book depository and the school and all that. So I don't know. I, I kind of think there might be more to Gabriel than meets the eye. There could be. I'm, I'm and not, I don't have any. I'm not basing that on, you know, anytime I make a bold speculation, you can count that it's not something to do with the comics. I'm not making yeah. based on anything. I just feel like the way that he's been played so far, there's something more to him that, that we just don't get yet. All right, I could buy that. There's also a line that Carl gives Gabriel in this um, where he's telling him how to kill the the walkers, and he says sometimes the skulls aren't soft. Do you think that he's setting up the kill later with Daryl? Because we've seen the mushy skulled zombies. No, I think this is a deliberate attempt to lampshade, and I kind of like okay. that. And, and yeah, a lot yeah, of yeah. people, a lot of people, sent us emails on and uh, and drew that to our attention on Facebook as well. Oh, yeah? So okay. yeah, no, it's I think definitely anytime you've got walkers that are are have a consistency somewhere between a pile of sand <laughs> and a club you can bludgeon someone to death you have to draw attention to it yeah all right beth overhears don talking with one of her cops about pulling the plug on carol so she jumps in to try and save her but then don shuts her down uh basically to look like she's in control of the situation 
and then gives her the key to the drug locker and tells her to go save Carol. Yeah, and Emily just went for broke on the mop scene. She was mopping the shit out of those <laughs> floors. She's that was the uh, that that deserves an Emmy for conspicuous mopping. Yes, the conspic the Emmy for conspicuous mopping goes to Emily Kinney. <laughs> uh, she also says, "I thought you were weak, and you proved me wrong." So I think this is she. That's somehow she's line. setting Beth up because that line can be read. Says, yeah. I thought you were weak, and I was going to pimp you out as a ward, but you're strong, and I now need to eliminate you. Sure, but I can't. Can definitely, be I can't do it in a way that pisses off the doctor because he's somehow more powerful than I am in this situation. Yeah, and when you combine it with what the doctor says later to Beth about this probably having an ulterior motive, uh, sure, I think we're meant to draw that conclusion that something else is going on here. It's it's almost interesting, the fact that we have this three-way relationship where there's all these trusts that's being extended and involved, but no, none of them really fully trust each other. You know, Emily doesn't yeah. trust the doctor or... I think it's kind of interesting. Um, no, I do, too. Yeah. Or Beth, rather, doesn't trust the doctor. Um, yeah, I, I feel like it's... it's or, or Dawn. I feel like it's interesting. They're doing a good job of setting up this very tenuous situation. It's just a shame that everything else is kind of built on such a shaky foundation. Because there, once again, yeah, yeah. there are concepts here where they're really, really executing fairly well. And that, you know, it would be almost a basis for another standalone Beth episode, resolving that, you know... Uh-huh. Mexican standoff that they got going with trust. Well, I think it'll be resolved this next episode. <laughs> oh yeah, with a raid on the hospital, uh, one way or another, it's going to be resolved. Is Mexican I hope. standoff offensive? Uh, I don't know. I don't I'm know sure why it would be, but there's probably some horrifyingly racist connotation I'm not aware of. So if probably. I, yeah, if, if I to need me, to... it's just the cool movie trope with guns pointed at everyone. Yeah, and I feel like I see that mentioned in polite company without anyone, you know. Uh, hmm fainting away so like if i if if i need to expunge that from my vocabulary let me know all right don't don't you dare say puerto rican standoff my god that is super racist yeah come on probably need to edit the podcast god damn it jim (laughs) all right glenn tara and rosita head out into the woods to get some water because apparently they're just going to camp out here until eugene wakes up right uh within (laughs) sight of a massive fucking walker herd yeah yeah that's almost as bad idea as camping next to a raging forest fire. I mean, so... One shift of the wind and you're fucked. Yeah, it's really weird because they don't have anybody on lookout here. Like, Maggie's not on lookout. Not even Dale. No, not even Andrea. Nobody. Tara's on yo-yo duty, so that'll help. (laughs) Yeah, I don't don't know what they're doing here. I mean, they made a point of saying, look, it's, it's kind of up the roadways. Yeah. So... No, that's the thing. Like, there's... That's the that's the huge problem with what's going on here because there's a lot of interesting moments uh, between like especially because they needed to get Glenn and Maggie and Rosita and you know they need to integrate this new kind of always felt like an external team into the main team to go ahead yeah and they did a lot of inroads in towards that and that felt kind of fairly organic. The problem was Tara is fucking annoying in everything she does <laughs> from her attempts to make lame jokes at the. The group's predicament mm-hmm. to the yo-yo stuff to the fist bump stuff. She's terrible. Uh, and the other thing is that the situation's preposterous. They're camping out in front of a walker herd. Yeah. If yeah. five hundred of those so, guys started walking their way, they're fucked. Here's here's my question: If you're the only people in their right mind in this group, um, Maggie, Tara, Rosita, and Glenn, 
what do you do? Do you leave Abraham and Eugene on the road and just say, see you guys? Because they're not going anywhere. Eugene's, I mean, you could argue that, yeah, we'll throw Eugene in the back of the truck. Although that's probably from a, uh, you Medically, know. that makes a lot of sense not to move him. But again, if you were, if you were 300 yards from a forest fire where there is a more, there's a good chance that this thing is going to be coming your way and mm-hmm. then you'll all die or take the risk, very real risk of moving someone that's got head and who knows what neck trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think you'd maybe use that ladder to stabilize him and load him up? Or, or there's got to be, I mean, it's a fucking fire truck. There's not at least like a, a, a backboard or something in there that they can stabilize him and move him. <laughs> I don't, maybe they took all the backboards out. And then, know. then, you know, the other thing is, like, the complete lack of urgency. Like, okay, yeah. we'll split the group and go get water and drip this shit through the apparatus for God knows how long, again, while your buddies are all the way back at the road and within sight of a walker herd. That's the real problem I had because, okay, I, I, can, I can get behind the idea of let's chill out here for a second. Keep an eye on this herd. If it starts to move toward us, we move too. Uh, that's fine. But once you split off another wing of this group they Move. have no idea yes. when you're moving yes or, or where you're moving you could get cut off from each other by exactly. the said herd coming so then you've now got two split groups and they both where do they go do they yeah. go back to the church yeah. that's 15 miles back the people on foot are fucked yeah i mean it'd be one like, thing if they were overlooking day. like a valley or they're on a mesa and there's just walkers from hell to breakfast below yeah yeah and they've got a clear path of retreat and they've got clear but yeah this they do have a clear path of retreat here, so it's a do little they? less urgent. Do you think they can see that from the horizon to horizon, the whole herd? Who know, no. How do you know that that's not just slowly enveloping them? It could be. They're sure. in the middle of a... They're, ah, just... <laughs> yeah. yeah, I think splitting up the group is a terrible idea, but it usually is in horror, horror uh, shows. And yet this group continues to keep splitting. Yeah. Has no problem with it. Yeah, them. we have a lot of split groups now. Yeah, we do. Tons. There's at least five... Yeah, even the hospital got in on it. Like, yeah, hey, we need uh, we need three characters off doing their own thing, and let's have one of them run off from that. We we we're, we're jealous of the rictocracy, yeah. rictatorship splitting ability. <laughs> uh, I, what do you make of Tara's take, where she's basically not losing any sleep over the loss of the mission to DC here? It makes total sense for me. For Tara to be very nonchalant about this because she's she literally no real lo- investment. She's in, literally right? lost everything yeah. in very recent memory. She just found out about this thing. I th- she already knew that Eugene. I think she was more mentally prepared. Yeah, because Eugene kind of confessed that I'm somewhat of a dumbass for her. Uh-huh. So I don't have a problem with her, and that's a natural reaction. I mean, my God, every tragedy that ever, ever, ever happens, someone makes a joke within minutes of it happening. Uh-huh. And and no one says there's and, and the response usually isn't that's not funny. It's usually that's too soon. Yeah, and that's kind of like Glenn's response here too. So I didn't have that wasn't the even third most annoying thing that she had done this episode. So I <laughs> sure. didn't have a problem with it. You no didn't have a problem with it. I also didn't have a problem with her saying, "Look, Eugene had one skill. He used it to keep himself alive. What would you have done in his place?" I I think Glenn's being naive by saying, "Yeah." Yeah, uh, he's he's a fucking asshole for doing that. Well, but the I only think, thing he could do. Sure, but I also think that's a little calling for understanding in in this time is. Uh, Tell me, Glenn hasn't done anything that he wouldn't have done given a normal world. Like he's done a lot of shit that's pretty horrible by everyday standards. Now he's going to hold Eugene to some pre-apocalypse standard that he doesn't hold himself to. 
I don't know. When has Glenn sold as group out or put them in danger with a lie? He hasn't, but he's killed many people. Sure, but that's that's different. I mean, I look at what Eugene did, much like Tara does, as self defense, basically. No, I. But I also think that Glenn has a right to be sore about it. I guess, yeah. And I think it's unreasonable to expect to him just be like, "Oh yeah, you got me, Eugene. Oh you." <laughs> sure. So that's that's my take on it. Uh, so then Maggie sets up some shade for Eugene and gives Abraham a piece of her mind. Uh, that doesn't really go anywhere. She doesn't. He doesn't respond at all. Uh, and then Beth goes into the doctor to ask what medicine she should give Carol. And the doctor says, give her an epinephrine drip, five milligrams. I was thinking epinephrine or ephedrine, doc, because he kind of fucked me on this last time. <laughs> right? So here's another, this is another, the, the, the trust standoff. Uh-huh. Uh, we can We can say trust standoff. This is another thing. Does Beth trust him to give her the right advice? Maybe when his life is not on the line or... Uh, he doesn't perceive his life as being on the line. Right. And he tries to warn her about uh, Dawn's potential scheme. So, like, again, mm-hmm. this, there's a lot of complex things going on between these relationships. Problem is, in a larger picture, I don't really care. Yeah. Yeah. It's kind of meh, whatever. Uh, there's a line in here where he says, uh, you know, once you give her this medicine, she's not going to wake up right away. Does this set the stage for a miraculous Carol recovery next week? Where she goes full Rambo on everyone, get a little epinephrine in her system, and boom, she's up. It's going to. I, I hope we see a full cranked shot of like going inside, <laughs> going inside yeah. Carol's chest cavity, and you can see the the yellow epinephrine slowly work its way up the artery, <laughs> and then hit and speed up, and she like just and her eyes jolt spring open. open, and she gets yep. this like vicious snarl on her face, and just body parts start flying out of hospital windows. <laughs> that. That would be I, – I actually am on board with that. <laughs> okay. That's better than what I'm expecting to happen. <laughs> Let's put it that way. Uh, then Rosita wakes up – or, sorry, doesn't wake up. She makes a water filter um, from some sand and some rocks and a water bottle that Eugene told her how to do. Awesome. A real thing. You can do yeah. that. That's a survival skill. Totally. I would prefer charcoal, but, you know, in a pinch. Well, you know, if you can't get... get but no, no, seriously, that's this This works. This is an absolute thing you can do in the real world. I was glad to see yeah. it. It just annoyed the piss out of me that they're literally spending a better part of an hour watching water <laughs> drip into a pail uh-huh. and playing with yo-yos while they're within sight and smell <laughs> of a fucking walker herd. Yep. Uh, they The group kind of asks her how she met Abraham and then... She tells a story, you know, he he saved her and uh, her group from a bunch of walkers and then asked for her help, which she appreciated. That was something that, you know, hadn't she hadn't been asked for help in a long time. Mm. Uh, so for the first time in a zombie apocalypse, I think she said. Yeah. Then they spot some fish in the creek, which they'll then go catch later. Fish are jumping maw. Yeah. So we find out, you know, another thing here that Eugene had some info, some useful information for them. He was not just a dumbass. Well, he also had that. some decent survival skills. I mean, they, they they made mention of that last week, too. The fact that, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he did the uh, the Litchfield lighter thing where he lit, lit a yeah. fire with a piece of aluminum foil and a battery. Yeah. So, yeah, he's got a lot of Mr. Wizard tricks. Font of survival information there. He's watched a fair amount of Bill Nye the Science Guy. <laughs> The group in Atlanta then executes their plan to capture a couple of cops, and uh, they they get, they get a hold of them, but then as they're talking, the white car with the cross pulls up and gets their men out of there. 
Did you like Rick's group chases them and he, they find this horror show at the FEMA camp. Uh, and then Daryl gets attacked and Rick comes in and saves him. Okay. Let's talk about the scene. <laughs> All right. I really enjoy the fact that the Atlanta PD's standing operating proce- procedure, their, their, uh, standing orders is to run down anyone that's a person of interest. Yep. Like gimpy guy that's running away from us with an obvious limp. Let's uh, body check him with our quarter front quarter panel. Yep. Like I, I've yet to see them interact with someone that didn't involve them striking them with a vehicle. Yeah, we're pretty sure they hit Beth. We know they hit Carol. I got a couple people emailing me that Carol was an accidental thing. I don't buy that for a minute. They were out of that car so fast with the the gurney, right? Yeah, I don't think that was accidental. No, I think I, I kind of think that's maybe what their mo is that they. They just they just troll Atlanta looking to run people over. Well, think about it. What I mean, you've seen what survivors are like in this world. That's uh-huh. not a that's not an insane option. Let's hit this guy at the car, patch him up at the hospital. Now he owes us his ass, mm-hmm. his or her ass. Yep. And we're not taking any risk. What's the going rate on a strawberry at this hospital? <laughs> that's what I want to know. I don't know. Strawberries are enough to book passage on an interstellar ship. Or an inner solar <laughs> ship true. on Firefly. They, they so are. I would think you could at least fake a heart attack for one. For three, sure. Definitely, yeah. Um, so here is where we find out that Bob is one of the good guys. Says Noah. Uh, I think he would know. He seems to be one of the good guys himself. And this this set piece is really cool, right? Yeah. And this whole So it looks like it was like a makeshift FEMA camp. Like, they decided, uh, we're going to try to help people by setting up shop here. FEMA is spray-painted on the side of a trailer. But then that, which, you know, that's some Hurricane Katrina commentary yeah, as well. But sure. it, I, it feels like what happened is the government got these people into big survivor camps and then tried to napalm them. Hmm. As a way to contain this thing. That's, hmm. That's I mean, that, a pretty dark picture you're painting there <laughs> i think that's exactly what happened because they said everyone yeah. go to atlanta atlanta's a safe zone and we've seen that they just napalmed pretty indiscriminately the whole city so it's like maybe atlanta huh. was a hot spot early on for the virus and they're like fuck it nuke it all from orbit but yeah. i mean there's like a football field radius of just charred pavement around here oh yeah so it, and and yeah these bodies melted into the pavement it's which, which horrifying th- does heat kill walker brains or not right you know the, i mean the this heat is... from a, a hot summer day in atlanta will kill a walker in a car oh yeah glenn that's glenn Nazaire's line yeah but fucking napalm will not take out a zombie brain right <laughs> come on yeah although i will say that i think water uh fire plus zombies is the way to go. It's better than it's water disturbing. plus zombies. Yeah, like you yeah. got a zombie walking on fire, it's gold. Mm-hmm. You got zombies roasting in a pit, it's gold. You got mm-hmm. zombies melted to a sidewalk, it's gold. You got zombies milling around in a me- in a well or a flooded library basement, uh. it's bullshit. <laughs> sure, it's especially gold when you have Daryl Dixon on the scene, ripping heads off, beating people with him. Sure. That was amazing. Uh, I stood up and I cheered during that. Uh, very rarely happens during The Walking Dead for me. Yeah. But that got me going. No, awesome. I, it's... It, totally. 
Uh, did you have a problem with him sticking his fingers in this Walker's mouth before? No. I thought that was cool. I thought it was cool because it definitely played as a high stakes thing. Like Keith's like, yeah. I'm going to get killed. Uh-huh. So I'm going down swinging and uh, I'm going for the eye sockets, but I can't really watch what I'm going. And it felt, you know, like <laughs> he got his fingers in there and he got him out and the, the yeah. Walker just missed biting him. I thought that was a pretty effective 10 scene. Okay, good. I think they I should do too. more of that where they use walkers as a threat. And really, the only time we've seen it is like when Michonne and the governor were scuffling over the broken aquarium tanks. Yeah, I mean Milton is a great example of that too. Yeah, when they when the governor killed him. Yeah, that was fucking cool. Sent him after Andrea. That was fucking awesome. Yeah, they're they're. I, I guess if they went to that, if they went to that. You know, no pun intended. Well, too often it would lose its effect, but they certainly haven't for my taste. Yeah, definitely. Then the cop tells uh, the cops tell Rick's group exactly what's going on at the hospital and offer to help take Dawn out, or, or not take Dawn out, but you know negotiate with her. Um, and then you know Bob doesn't agree with that, and he says, "Let let me help you." Because mm. uh, you cause think he that, knows Dawn. He knows Dawn. Do you think part of the reason that Rick is maybe showing poor judgment and trusting these guys more than they should. The fact that he used to be a cop and they used to be a cop mm, could be, and they still are wearing a uniform and there's a little bit of that uh, thin blue line stuff going on. Definitely. Uh, somebody on Reddit brought up a really good point. Okay. You're going to take prisoners in full body armor, uh, tie them up and leave them when you are headed into a potential fire zone. Why don't you take that body armor and strap it on yourself? That's a damn good point. Like, that seems like a big oversight. And their utility belts. I mean, they got, like, all kinds of shit on those sure. belts. Handcuffs, sure. pepper spray, all the stuff that'd be useful. Yeah, yeah, take that stuff. They got radios on them. I mean, that was Glenn's first instinct, to get the body armor from uh, Yeah, that's, a, that's from definitely... Eugene. And that wouldn't have been hard to do, to have, you know, show the cops all in their wife beaters. Yeah. And then Rick and his team are all strapped up with body armor. Would have been cool. Anyway... Well, uh, we only... I guess we didn't see what happened to the other two cops. It's true. So maybe they did. But they took three, quote-unquote, badasses with them. Yeah, and they needed a vest for each of them. Yeah, and they had three vests, so Maybe they're not giving one to Tyrese just as a joke. (laughs) We all know you're not going to kill someone or step in front of a bullet, so... (laughs) Uh, Glenn's group then salvages what they can from the walkers under the telephone pole, and Tara finds a backpack full of tools. Do I call them tools? Is a yo-yo a tool? A screwdriver is. Um, sure. Maybe maybe we'll get to see her kill a walker with a yo-yo next season. That'd be badass. Won't that be exciting? Yeah. Uh, that would be like... I'm trying to think of the video game. A Boy and His Blob, do they do that? Ooh, yeah, yeah, It'd yeah, be like yeah. Goonies. That's what it'd be like. Sure. The old NES game. Uh, Glenn and Rosita catch fish together, and then he asks Rosita if she's in, you know, as as in part of the group. And then Tara says, they'll never believe what's in the bag. It's a yo-yo. I believe it. And they caught fish. Yeah. Is there a, a friendship budding here between Glenn and Rosita? I think so. Having a good time catching these fish together. And I said that you do need that. You've got, you've got to integrate these two groups. They can't be Abraham's yeah. group and Rick's group. Which, that, that are, are you interested in seeing a power struggle between these two? Between Rick and Abraham? Or do you think Abraham is now so disillusioned that he's going to be willing to play the uh, the beta uh, the beta wolf I to Rick's so. alpha? Yeah, I think so. Although everyone just is full in full rebellion. Like I was joking on on Facebook with people, it's the uh, uh, ty- tyrocracy or the tyranny, mm-hmm. the tyranny. 
Um, yeah. This, this, no one's listening to Rick at any point. <laughs> no. And, Mob and rule. Daryl, who used to be a second hand man, his right hand man. Yeah. Still not listening to him. There's that enough of his shit. Yeah. I oh, guess. you want me to hang this guy? Oh, put him back in the outhouse? Okay, whatever, chief. Yeah, he's he's tired of it. Yep. Then Michonne tells Gabriel that it's worth doing the things that they're doing. She goes and talks to him in the room. Uh, he's trying to keep her out of the room conspicuously because, well, he's prying up the floorboards with his machete. Stealthily. Oh, yeah. As stealthily as one can pry you sleep up floorboards. In, you, yeah, your snoring sounds suspiciously like someone ripping floorboards off of... Yeah, I, I really saw wood when I, <laughs> when I was sleeping, you know? Yeah. I don't saw wood so much as pry it. <laughs> Uh, so not much to that scene. I mean, I, I don't know. It's, it feels like this is a consequence of the conversation that Carl had with Gabriel. Uh, so Michonne has to kind of go set him straight a little bit. Like we're not all bad. Uh, Beth then gives some strawberries to some guy who fakes a health crisis as a distraction and allows her to get the drugs for Carol. Uh, this is the strawberry man. So I'm going to call him. Mm. Uh, then Beth gives the drugs to Carol and uh, then we head back to the... Whoa, whoa. Then Carol comes yep. to... She grabs Beth's hand and says, I know what you've been doing, my man, bitch. <laughs> Except for, I actually think Carol's way too secure. She wouldn't be threatened at all by no. the wafy blonde. I don't think you know, so. Beth. Yeah, especially with all the scars on her face. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> uh, back in the burn Not dev- so apocalypse hot, Beth. <laughs> the facial scarring, I'm sorry. The silver fox wins again. That, that might do it for some guys. Facial I, scarring. Sure. I could, I, there's no, 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 no problem. That might do it for Tara. Who knows? Maybe she comes back and Tara's like, "Oh, I'm digging your facial scars, Beth." Mm, yeah. I mean, do you think they're overly worried about pairing Tara up with somebody? It doesn't feel like it. Right now, Tara just seems to be doing whatever the fuck Tara's gonna do. Because man, you think it's hard. I mean. I feel like it's it's harder for gay people than straight people to like you know it's, it's probably getting easier, but it's still got to be harder to like meet quality people. Probably when you're gay, a lot harder than if you're straight. And the zombie apocalypse, forget about it. Yeah, yeah. I mean that's that's rough. That means like I don't think Tinder works anymore. Probably not. No. Or Grinder or whatever the hell. It's like you're just uh-huh. you're just kind of hoping to run into another lesbian along the way. Apparently they exist because uh, she was of getting course. to become pretty fast friends with what's her face in the governor camp. Mm, oh, true, true. Before that shit broke. That's what bad. I'm saying. You've got like a run of luck like that. Yeah, you can expect to crap out a couple hands. Sure. Uh, so we go back to the burned up female. Is she going to be the new? Uh, is she going to be the new Axel? <laughs> She's just like trying everybody. Maybe. I hope she gets shot in the head. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, we go back to the burned-up FEMA camp. Sasha rips Bob's jacket, and she freaks out about it. And then Tyrese talks to her and says, hey, you need, to, you need to come to grips with Bob's death. You know, remember the good things about his outlook, and don't so much uh, hang on the bad things there. Don't feel so bad about it, is basically what he says. You know, you could have killed him. I know you could have killed him. Sure. You just uh, you had me do it instead. I actually like that. It's almost worth that pairing that they had this kind of genuine genuine moment together. Yeah. Like, it's not that you were weak. You letting me help you is actually a, a, a position of strength, generosity from a, a position of strength, mm-hmm. which is a great way to look at it. Sure. 
Uh, Gabriel then escapes through the floor of the church and immediately steps on a nail. Uh, He's like Elmer Fudd with a rake in the yacht. Like, it's, it's the second he tastes the free air. Thunk! Yeah, I, I've got to wonder, is this nail there to try to tell him something? You know, he takes everything else as kind of uh, very personal and a sign. When he, when he, Certainly when he sees the cross around this woman's neck, uh, he takes that as... Maybe not a sign, but he, say, he sign takes a lesson from it. Um, it changes his mind about what he's about to do. This nail does not, though. Nail through the foot when you like your first step in your escape, and you get a nail through the foot. Mm-hmm. You might think twice about escaping, right? Yeah, I think so. Um, <laughs> or at least I would. Like, hmm, maybe I was not meant to escape here. Yeah, I was trying to find someone posted something on Facebook about how this could be an allusion to some classic myth about a, th- a hero stepping on a thorn. Oh. Um, hmm. Which is pretty highbrow for The Walking Dead, but I do know they swing for that particular fence every once in a while, and I just tried to do a search to find it. Um, maybe maybe I can find it for next week, or if, if you're listening to this and you're on Facebook, uh, you can email it to us at watchingdeadatballmove.com. It's, it's the one about the lion and the mouse, right? <laughs> yeah, right, right, yeah. Um, but uh, I, I don't know. That could, that could be, because there's something significant to it. Yeah. To happen right away and pull it out for sure. Um, anyway, Bob counsels Rick on how to negotiate with Don, uh, gives him some advice there, and then they head out and they leave Sasha behind to guard the hostages. How many of those people left? Because, like you said, there are two hostages still somewhere else in this building, or did they take them? Did they take two of the hostages with them? And were they just going to tell Don, Look, we have a third? Is this like a, a tactic to have some security in that's their smart. position? Yeah, to have the, yeah, that's actually I didn't consider that, but that's that's a pretty smart play. Okay, so Sasha is the only one there with Bob. I think so, and he's the only hostage. Because okay. surely leaving her behind to guard three prisoners would be a bit much, especially when they're in another room. Yeah, but you think that um, ah, that'd be Bond villain quality stupidity. Um, the other thing, going back to Father Gabriel. Mm-hmm. Do you think that was payoff to Carl telling him, like, look, you're going to have to learn how to fight because eventually you'll find a problem you can't run from. And that's got a bad tire. He can't run from shit, hmm. especially once that wound starts really getting infected and setting in. Oh, yeah. So you think that that's going to pay off in a later episode where, you know, he has to come crawling back to the group almost literally because he can't protect himself and he can't he can't run from anything now. It could. Can't climb a rock with a nail through your foot. Hell no. No. No, that'd be a nice way to go with that. Um, the real cops are all gone. That's, uh, (laughs) that's something that Bob says here, which I thought was interesting. You know, he doesn't view himself as a cop anymore. Why is that? That the people after the apocalypse who were cops before no longer view themselves as that. Is it simply because, you know, society's broken down to the point where those labels don't exist? Yeah, I think so. Because, like, everyone's like that. No one leads with, hey, I'm a lawyer. Yeah, I, I guess I wouldn't say, like, I'm a programmer in the apocalypse or right. I'm a podcaster in the apocalypse. Yeah, what does that even mean? Yeah. Like, or what do you call yourself then? Like, I'm a survivor? <laughs> I guess. You're just a person. Yeah. I mean, you turn into a hunter-gatherer society. Labels are, you're a leader or a follower, really. Yeah, true. Um, I think that, I don't know, that's interesting. That's interesting because does does Rick see himself as a cop anymore? Ah, good question. He certainly doesn't acknowledge that fact when Bob brings it up. No, and he like, he hasn't worn a uniform in some time since he gave the hat to Carl. Yeah. Uh, what about this guy being named Bob? Is there anything to 
having Bob, the the real Bob, die just a couple episodes earlier. Sasha being the one who, because you can see when he says his name, when he says his no, name, Bob, she perks up. She's like, well, mm-hmm. yeah, she her her uh, her neck snaps. Does that prompt her to take a, a a more kind approach with this guy, a more trusting stance on this guy, and ultimately lead to her being knocked out? And I think that's part off? of it. Um, a lot. I got a lot of people saying that they thought that was a coincidence too far. It felt a little on the nose when I when I first saw it. Bob's just but, that's just such a common name. It is. Yeah, it'd be like John. Mm-hmm. You know, it'd be I, or Rick. I mean, even Rick is a super common name. Right. Right. It'd be one thing if you ran into another Michonne. Yeah. Episode after Michonne died. Yeah, but <laughs> yeah, Bob. I, I guess it didn't even occur to me to be mad about that. Oh, I'm not mad about it. I'm just no. There was a lot I'm, of people. I'm wondering. Oh, okay. Anyway, Walker attacks Gabriel, and he manages to disable it without killing it. And after he sees the cross, uh, he decides not to kill it. He runs off. Mets Mets his first meets his first stealth zombie. Yeah, right. That's. So at what point are we going to say, okay, this is just a consistency of the universe? I've done that a long time ago, but I still yeah. like calling attention to it. Sure. It is a little silly. I mean, stealth cars, stealth zombies, it doesn't seem like they care to uh, go with reality here in most situations. No. And it's like, we need a, a walker to sneak up on this guy. Okay. Right. You know, there's no cover around. It's uh, if a walker's covered ground. If a walker's not in frame, does it make a sound? <laughs> the Walking Dead is emphatically said no. No, it does not. That's true. Did uh, you have a problem? Uh, well, never mind. I think I, I, I got a section of feedback about that. Okay. Save it for then. Bob calls Sasha over to tell her about his friend who's rotting out in the parking lot, and she offers to take him out. Um, take him not out? sure why. It might be because his name is Bob, but... Well, let's keep going. Maggie <laughs> offers Abraham some water and finally gets him talking and uh, kind of brings him around. I mean, Maggie really gets him to think about what's going on here, both by pointing that gun at him earlier and now by uh, kind of snapping him out of it a little bit. Abraham has bionic knees. He does, yeah. <laughs> the, the, just a man at middle age that can mm. that can kneel on tarmac for hours and then get up without so much as a wince is a specimen i've got to imagine that was kind of a hellish day for him the actor from michael kudlitz Mm. kudlitz kudlitz i don't know cuttlefish yeah michael cuttlefish i'm sure his knees were hurting him yeah i don't know they probably had some kind of uh padding inserted in his knees or yeah plus it's like it's not like he's cgi kneeling (laughs) He was green screened from his legs down. And he was actually sitting in, sitting cross legged uh, Indian style. Um, no, I, I I don't know. I mean, how much kneeling do you think he really did? Probably a lot. Yeah. I mean, how many? I don't know. I don't know how many takes they tend to do on these sort of things. Sure. But you could see him kneeling for an hour or two at yeah. least. Maybe I guess that's true. And then we talked to Max or Siniega uh-huh. on the Breaking Bad, and he spent nine hours chained to that fucking pole just because he wanted to yeah wanted to get in the mind of crazy eight so maybe maybe he's he's the same way he's like i, I think i want to kneel on this road it, it's yeah. it's time for lunch mike oh uh, the craft services is, is the trucks here the burrito trucks here no nah, no nah, i'm good no he's he gonna didn't, kneel. he didn't say anything that's right yeah he just that's right they came and they put a plate of food next to him they, they, they offered him a burrito he smacked it out of their hands <laughs> <laughs> look asshole people are starving this world all right fuck you get out of here <laughs> 
Uh, and then Eugene wakes up. Well, wait, wait, what he you either think wakes about... up or becomes a walker. Maggie asked him if she he wanted her to shoot him. Yeah. And he says, I thought I did, but now I don't. So he was actually planning that whole thing about getting up in Rosita's face was not him being angry. It was him doing wanting a suicide by Maggie. I feel like that's giving him, you know, master plan credit here. Same thing with Bob. Like, yeah, I guess Bob was just trying to do anything to get Sasha in a position where he could get the upper hand. And I'm not convinced that Bob's story is all fake. I'm not convinced it's all true either. Sure. I'm convinced that he was just trying to gain her trust, and I don't know where that eventually was going to go, but, you know, mm-hmm. when he saw the the opportunity, he took it. That's a risky play, though. Yeah, like, for sure. Uh, tackling someone with your hands behind your back, hoping to hit their head against the glass hard enough to be able to make a run for it. Yeah, you get one ballsy. shot at that. Yeah, ballsy. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I don't know. I think Abraham has had a lot of time on his knees here to think about what the the mission being gone means for him. You know, I mean, this is a, a life-changing event for him. Certainly. Uh, and so he took a lot of time to contemplate it, and I think that's what he's been doing there. He's been just thinking about this. And I really hope that he... I mean, I don't want to see him spend a lot of time coming to grips with this, but they've taken great pains to set up his backstory such that he really is a man without a mission now. And I yeah. I need to see him grapple with that a little bit. I don't want to see I him feel grapple. Like he with... might have grappled with it silently well, in this episode. Knees? Yeah. Because at the end when he picks up that water bottle, uh I feel like that was him saying, Okay, I'm I'm back. I've dealt with this. Maggie has helped me. Uh I'm ready to go again. Ready nah, to be Abraham. I feel like you need to see something more. Okay, I, I'm not discounting that, that you okay. need to see more. Yeah, and he's got to be a different... But fundament- I'm not sure we will see more. Don't you think he should be a fundamentally different person? He should, yeah. Like, maybe there won't be a power struggle, because he was so certain about all this stuff, and, and mm-hmm. maybe we'll now get into, like, a self-doubt Abraham. Maybe, or maybe he'll go the other way. Oh, he's just like... Maybe, maybe he'll start playing that game with Sasha that Bob used to play. <laughs> Good apocalypse, bad apocalypse. Sure, sure. Uh, Rosita, Tara, and Glenn make it back to the road, and then we go back to the uh, warehouse where Sasha goes to the window, and Bob knocks her out and runs off. Mm. And that's the end of the episode. Yeah, bad enough that Tara bogarts the yo-yo, but her yo-yo technique's terrible. She's patty caking that thing. You don't, you don't, you don't overhand the yo-yo. You underhand that thing. Underhand or overhand, you do both, right? No, no one patty, no one patty cakes a yo-yo. That's what six-year-olds do. What are you talking you get about? In your hand. I don't know that term. So patty, it's like so, it's like overhand, where your hand is literally over, and you just drop the yo-yo. Uh-huh. You got to fling it with velocity, sure. like you're throwing yeah, yeah. dice. Okay, like you're throwing dice out. That's how you. That's how you do a yo-yo. Used to be, big, I used to be big World into champion. yo-yos. Yeah. Before I disco- uh, discovered hormones and girls. No one knows this. Nineteen ninety-two yo-yo champion of America, <laughs> Aaron Hubbard. <laughs> no, I, I could do the. Fu- I, I practiced all summer and around the world. Until he got I, that I could, trick. Oh, around the world. That's a first week trick. Uh, cat's, cat's cradle, cradle baby. <laughs> I didn't didn't stop that summer until I could do the cat's cradle reliably. <laughs> all right. All and right. then I just put it down, and never picked it back up. <laughs> right. <laughs> Yeah, get just good enough at things to impress people uh, for about 10 seconds and then drop them. Yep, same with you juggling. Do. You just you know yep. pick up a skill. As soon as you can win a bar bet with it, you're done. Yep. 
All right, that's it for the episode. I think it's time for us to get to some pimping, right? Yeah. Uh, if you like to support Bald Move, there's a, gr- a lot of great ways to do so. Oh, wait. What, what is that? The Bald Move hotline never rings. I During a podcast? Hell no. Yeah, that's weird. Uh, hello? Is this the terrorists that are destroying my plans for world copper domination? Speaking? I have called your pitiful podcast to prophesy your demise. Your nitpicking of The Walking Dead is uncalled for. Your analysis weak, and your Rick and Daryl accents terrible. Well, it's nice to know you have at least listened to the podcast. Listening to any bald move podcast by an Amazon employee is a fireable offense. So I had an intern listen to it, give me their opinion. Then I fired them. You fired an intern a month before Christmas? Sometimes, you have to break a roll of pennies to make a money bin. Jesus, Jeff, your obsession with copper has driven you mad. Madam I, here's another crazy idea. My chief hoarding officer informs me that I have the power to reduce the retail price of any Kindle Select ebook for any reason. A Kindle Select book such as, I don't know, A Walking Dead Survival Guide written by 1A Ron Hubbard? You wouldn't, you monster. I slaved on that book. You can't discount my labor like that. I just did. In a single click, I have stolen 200 pennies from you, starting midnight tonight, for one week. Hopefully this will be enough to show you the error of your ways. If not, my methods may become more extreme. Good day, gentlemen. Well, I think he's got us this time. I mean, what does that make your book now, 99 cents? Yes, but the Bezos has miscalculated, Jim. Because the only thing we're more pro about than penny thievery is our listeners. He just gave every one of them who buys my book next week 200 pennies. He's played right into our hands. Yeah, that Bezos, not as clever as I thought. And I'll tell you another thing. I was too lazy to embed our affiliate link into the book.baldmove.com site, but I'm fixing that right now. This should net us at least another seven pennies on top of the 200 he's already given away to our fans. So on behalf of Bald Move and our fans, thank you, Bezos. So there you have it. For the next week, you can get my book, The Officially Unofficial Survival Guide for AMC's The Walking Dead Season 1. It breaks down the entire Season 1, recaps every episode, it gives a survival review. It's funny. It's got a five-star rating on Amazon. You can get it for 99 cents at book.baldmove.com. It's shareable. It's lendable. Hell, you don't even need a Kindle to read it. You can read it on the Kindle app for any of your cell phones, your tablet, or even on your computer. Pass it around like a bottle of cheap peach schnapps. Really bring the pain for Bezos. Stealing for me, it's given to you guys. And you know what? I'm totally cool with that. Take that, Bezos. <laughs> yeah, it's a hell of a deal. I am curious about this money bin thing, though. Why don't we do some feedback, yeah? Yeah, feedback. Christina from Wisconsin said, I found it really funny in your last episode talking about how this show affects the binge watcher. Uh, so Christina discovered the show, I think somewhere, but, uh, in last season and she's in, in the off season, watch seasons one through four. Okay. So she is the prototypical binge watcher of the walking dead. She says, I can still say there are episodes that seem off track. For example, not seeing Rip for three or four episodes, even when I watch them at one or at most two days apart, I don't know how well hmm. I, I don't know how I will adjust to one show every week versus two or three in hmm. one night. That's brutal, right? Yeah. I'm getting a taste of that with the Game of Thrones. 
I've gotten a taste of that with almost every show I've ever watched because I almost never pick up a brand new show. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Breaking Bad, for instance, Mad yeah. Men. Like, I got that shock on all of those. Yeah. So. Uh, it's, it's it's like Game of Thrones, you know, there's some people that have been waiting 20 plus years for the story to finish. Yeah. And I've been waiting nine months <laughs> and counting to get the next book. It's, yeah. Yep. It's, it's, I, I'm really tormented here. Uh, Stephanie from Atlanta said, one piece of symbolism I'm surprised you two didn't discuss, uh, still on last week's episode, mm-hmm. was in a powerful flashback after Rick sends Carol away. Of all the pieces Carol could have sought, or out of all the places Carol could have sought shelter, she takes refuge in a law office. I may be an- overanalyzing a bit, but I have to think that this is a very deliberate scene choice, perhaps illustrating a punishment for Carol's crime, or perhaps conveying the isolation experienced by people in positions of authority. I was certainly moved by the beautiful shot of Carol where she is framed by the scales of justice to her right. You think that's a deliberate scene choice? You know, I think you're overanalyzing a bit. No, uh, <laughs> it, it could have been, maybe. I don't know. What do it's you think? Things, I don't know, man, because like some shows I'd be like, yes, like Matthew Weiner totally intended this shot to be framed this way because X. Yeah. This show... I, I, you know, I thought last week they did a fantastic job of choosing scenes and set locations. Mm-hmm. Uh, almost unusually good job. Um, so you think there might be something there? There might be something there, but it's not something. They also could get lucky because I know a lot of shows where I suspect, you know, like Mad Men and Breaking Bad, that they everything's engineered. You, you get the behind-the-scenes information. You find out there's a lot of happy accidents. So Yeah. Um, but it worked, and it's... Uh, yeah. It, it's it's definitely consistent with her character, and it's interesting that she finds posi- you know that she prefers to take shelter in these kind of professional environments, mm-hmm. law office, uh, domestic, a domestic uh, abuse shelter, etc. Uh, uh, George has got the definitive take on high concept versus low concept. Oh, he's boy. nitpicking the previous emailer's nitpick. Oh my god, here we go once and for all. And if we're if we're still don't got it right, I don't care because I'm still going to use high concept incorrectly. I'm I'm just warning you. Okay. Three months are going to go by, and I'm going to forget that we've had this discussion. But just for everyone's edification, high concept does not have any short, simple definition, but I'll summarize the qualities it must have. Originality. This doesn't mean reinventing the wheel. It can mean applying unique twist to an otherwise cliched idea. Uh, he notes, Walking Dead is not a high concept as it brings nothing original or unique to the table, and the plot is as meandering as its characters in the show. Um it has to have broad appeal. An original idea that no one cares about is simple to create. There's a reason no one has ever made a movie about a boulder that daydreams about flying like a bird. Damn it. Well, scrap that script. I think Wes Anderson's working on adapting that right now. <laughs> sure. Uh, it must have mass appeal or at least have a large enough appeal if it's going for a niche audience. Mm-hmm. Clear story potential. The premise should create immediate interest that makes you see the story's potential. High concept movies have a clear plot and goal that the movie is all about, which can make it very easy to describe in a few words. I think this is why people just call high concept something with a simple one sentence plot. So there you go. Originality, broad appeal, and clear story potential. That's high concept, as opposed to like Martin Scorsese films, which are almost universally, I guess, low concept. Okay. I actually feel like the collo- collo- the colloquial colloquial Help me out here. Colloquial. Colloquial uh-huh. uh, use of the term high and low concept is better. Yeah, I don't ever hear low concept used. Mm, maybe it's not. Maybe high con- it's one of those things where there's just the one term and there's no like reverse yeah. of that term. Maybe so. I don't know. Um, 
Tom G from Volkswagen. Uh, we talked about on the the Facebook thread. I said in the middle of the episode because we, we're watching it on the couch together. And I'm like, I turned to you and I said, is this episode good? I can't really tell. And you said, well, it's not not good. (laughs) Tom says to take Jim's assessment methodology to its conclusion. Mm. This episode was not, not, not good. Okay, so it was good. I don't think so. It's not, (laughs) not, not good. So it was bad? So I think that's like, um, you know, like if, if the NFL has the whole... Uh, a starter assessment like you're you're out you're doubtful you're questionable or you're probable i think this is a doubtful episode i think this whole thing is doubtful (laughs) jake from tallahassee said episode seven seemed to really embrace the cross-cutting of stories a la game of thrones a lot of us has been calling for this since the beth and abraham standalone episodes yep now that it cross-cutted between everyone does the narrative seem stronger or did they miss their chance earlier in the season meh i mean it's (laughs) So if they would have done, like, a really exciting or interesting plot here, it definitely could have worked. I just feel like, like I said at the beginning, this is boring to me. I didn't, not much happened. It was just like, whatever. If, if, if I think they should maybe avoid this, this device in the future, unless it's something that's very important to a central character or theme to the story. Like, Rick and Carl can have a bottle episode. Mm-hmm. Daryl and Carol can Michonne and Daryl, Abraham a true and bottle Rick. episode, or a yeah, high stick them in the super lab. I don't episode. care. Like I'm, I'm saying that like you can pair those guys off and it's going to be interesting. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to see Tara, you know, skulking down the highway alone with Glenn. I don't want to see Beth with Maggie. I don't want to see Rosita with, I don't know, anybody really. <laughs> Except for the main group. She's becoming a little bit more of a character now. A little bit. Which is good. She's now a sketch of a character rather than just a, you know, know, Safari Barbie in the apocalypse. God, how much would you hate a full Rosita bottle episode at this point? There's nothing. I mean, it would have to to simultaneously inform us everything about her backstory. That's what I mean. Tell us something important on the current story and have some kind of... No, it just wouldn't work. They They don't got it. Yeah, you couldn't do with Abraham what they tried, or with Rosita what they tried to do with Abraham uh, a couple episodes ago, right? You just couldn't do it. There is not enough there for us yet. I feel like... I don't know. I could get down with her beating four men to death with a couple of Campbell Kansas soups. soup. That'd be awesome, yeah. Sure. Uh, but I feel like we don't know Rosita at all, uh, except in this episode, they start to open her up a little bit more. Uh, so if we get another episode that does a little bit more like this did, and then maybe like a big Rosita episode where they tell us so much more about her. Sure. That might work. <sighs> Patience B said, I love seeing the slightly amused look on Rick's face as Tyrese and Daryl started planning without him. This is supposed to be a retatorship for a reason. <laughs> Safety. <laughs> I hope the writers turn Tyrese around or I'll start hating him. And I don't want to do that. Me either. He's my dad. Uh, I, he can't even be trusted to protect the kids. He couldn't kill Martin when he is about to break Judith's neck. So because of that, Michonne has to stay behind. I think we'll take one or more of our people dying due to his stupid plan to make him realize that Rick calls the shots and he needs to man up or try to survive on his own. I was so excited about Rick's plan, and I was just starting to fantasize about a Tinchuzi-slash-Splinter-style <laughs> invasion when Tyrese bursted my bubble. 
Oh, and congrats to Tara. My new need-to-see dead character is Gabriel. <laughs> I like Tara this episode, and I hope they can develop her more. Oh, you like Tara? The yo-yo is a nice nod to the fact that she can still be playful and find joy in the little things while calling it like it is and not being overtly <laughs> positive like Bob. You know what? Tara is a Gradum character. <laughs> she's just... Gradum! She's just Gradum. Yeah, she's Gradum. That's, that's quite a few positions below F. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, shit. Next, you should find a basket for of kittens. Just that should just be her deal, man. Yep. Uh, Brandsformer says the guy who played Bob the cop is the same guy who played Jasper Sitwell in the Avengers movies. You know the guy who turned Hydra? How could Sasha let this guy turn on him? Didn't she see him whispering "Hail Hydra" to every zombie they walked by? Good point, Brandsformer. You didn't see the Winter Soldier yet. No, Captain America. Yeah. Two. No. Totally sailed over your head then. Sure. But I, I get what you're putting down. But I she think, said I'm something about up. the Avengers movies, right? I saw yeah. the first one, not the second one. Yeah, he was one of the like government pukes, I guess you'd call him, like the high-ranking pencil pushers. It's always trying to rein in Nick Fury. He's on like holographic screens, and he's walk uh, walking in. So and, he's just like a bit part. Yeah, but you know, again, Hydra double agent. It's not, okay, it's not not. <laughs> not, it's not, not not a main role. Okay. It's not not a juicy character. That's what they told him when they signed him up. <laughs> also, is this like a starring role? It's it's not not a starring role. Uh, Adam in Rockford, Illinois, said, "Hey guys, nice podcast. Wanted to share a tidbit I caught while watching the Crossed episode. Beth asked the doctor what medication to give Carol, and he told her epinephrine, mm-hmm. five milligram drip." Beth went and pulled the epi out of the cabinet with Drew, I'm assuming five milligrams, and ejected <laughs> Did it. Did not drip it. Straight into the IV. I am uh, a paramedic, and even in cardiac arrest, we give one milligram of epinephrine every three to five minutes. If you gave five milligrams <laughs> in one shot like Beth uh, Beth did, odds are you wouldn't just over you would just overload the patient's heart. Crank. There you go. Crank's on the table, baby. Perfect. We're gonna have Chell Carroll. I so Chelios. hope she wakes up. Is it Chelios? Uh Chev Chelios, yeah. Yeah. Um Chev Carroll. Chev roll. Uh-huh. <laughs> it would accelerate to the point where it couldn't keep up, uh speaking of the heart, and then just stop altogether. Essentially it would blow up the heart. I think Beth just killed Carol. Perfect. You know, I actually was starting to say that when we were watching again. I'm like I think a drip is way different than, but I'm like, well, oh, yeah. maybe I don't Completely. understand, and maybe there's a vial and it like auto adjusts or something. But no, she just, nope, boom. She should inject it at Pulp Fiction style. Yeah, that'd have been, that'd need been a good. much longer needle for that, <laughs> <laughs> and and a magic marker. Yep, most importantly, mm-hmm. uh, Caleb T said uh, Maggie should have straight up shot Abraham dead, but The Walking Dead is too scared to take risks. What's the point in having him around anymore? His mission's gone. He seems to have lost it mentally, and he has shown aggression both physically and verbally to the people he is near. But since it's not a mid-season finale or a season finale, they can't <laughs> kill people, right? Game of Thrones kills people whenever they want, no matter the episode number, and I wish The Walking Dead would grow a pair and start doing the same. Jim Jones, your reaction? Uh... Are they getting a little too predictable with the, hmm. the, the, the slow climb towards a major character death? Maybe. Maybe so. I mean, I think, you know, we've seen the the destruction, the tearing down of Abraham. We need to see the building back up before we really care that he dies, right? I mean, that's kind of the that's arc that I see. That's never stopped him from killing people before. <sighs> Hasn't it? Oscar. I mean, <laughs> oh, come on. Was Oscar a main character? Arguably T-Dog. Axel. <laughs> Axel, sure, Axel. Uh, Tiny. No, T-Dog had some redemption. Uh, he saved Carol. 
Yeah, he had he had a couple lines where he the, he yeah. laid his backstory. Sure, before. it was a very short redemption, but <laughs> they did it. I I don't know. I want to see Abraham built back up. Like maybe you're right. Maybe they they could get a little less predictable with that. But I do want to see more of Abraham. I still think he's got some tricks up his non-existent sleeves. I will say, and they don't have to do this every season, obviously, mm-hmm. but it would be truly shocking if they just off the major character like in the third episode. Yeah. Um. So I don't know, and we, yeah, it's still not too late. I mean, Car- if Carol, if Carol got ran over last episode and dies in the premiere from injuries she sustained, I guess it's still not a major character death till the finale. I was trying to argue that, you know, if the thing, yeah, yeah if she lingers on, she lingers on. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric T said, uh, talked about Carol or Carl lampshading about the soft skulls. We covered that in the main cast. Rachel H. Yep. Answers my question about Maggie's handgun. It's a Smith and Weston M and P, a three fifty seven Magnum. So it's the same caliber as Rick's huh. uh, Python. Okay, but it holds eight rounds to his six. Uh, it's a massive gun. It's uh, ten and a half inches long. It's almost Jesus. three pounds empty. Is that the barrel length or is that the? That's gun? total. The barrel okay. itself is five inches. Oh, so I think Rick's is like a six inch barrel, right? Yeah, his gun is slightly longer. bigger. Yeah, I don't. We just haven't seen it in a while, so. <laughs> right, right, right. But no, it's an impressive gun. I yeah. think Rick's Rick's gun's going to get a little bit of uh, envy. <laughs> Petunia is going to get envious. Uh-huh. Ward J says, if it turns out that there's more to Father Gabriel's story than his previous confession, does that potentially let Seth Gilliam off the hook for the half-ass delivery of said confession? This is what got Ooh, me thinking. Okay, like. That would make a lot more sense if he really wasn't confessing and if he was really trying to sell Rick on a big lie. Mm-hmm. And I kind of yeah. that that would be I would have to stand back and and give uh, the Gimple props. I like to and think Seth. That, I like to think that Seth Gilliam is the person actually sending this email in. <laughs> <laughs> War J is an anagram uh-huh. for Seth. Gilliam. <laughs> uh, no, I like that idea a lot though. Uh, yeah, yeah, Heather yeah. H said, wouldn't it be cool if Carol happened to die of her injuries, turned into a walker, and inadvertently helped Team Rick from the inside by eating some of the quote-unquote officers? Yeah. Daryl would have to put her down just like Merle, though. Wah, wah. Oh, either that or maybe Beth will become mortally wounded during the raid in the hospital, run, crawl into Carol's room to do something, give her a medication, who knows, and happen to die in Carol's room. Beth turns into a walker, the epinephrine finally wakes Carol up. Beth staggers towards Carol as we see... Carol's eyelids flutter open, cut the credits. Ugh. Just like Andrea, but we'll have to wait till February to find out if Carol's bitten or not. You're devious. I like that idea, though. Both of those ideas are pretty cool. You think they'll kill two characters? You think they'll kill... Carol, the undead McLean, rampaging through the hospital, or hospital ripping throats, High on eating epinephrine. brains. Oh, an epinephrine-charged zombie. Yep. We got, like, that's rage virus potential. Pretty much, yeah. I mean, those are that's how you get fast zombies. I think. Boom, jack them full of yeah. uh, epinephrine. I like that. I like that idea a lot. Ideals a lot. Whoo, my voice, my voice is is starting to to to, to succumb to the strain, man. Um, <laughs> the have strain I, of whiskey, like the, the strain of like I was sick all last week, and I'm um, oh yeah yeah still a little chesty with that. Um, hopefully, I can soldier on. Uh, Sean said, I was under the impression that the reason Michonne was left at the church was because Tyrese wanted to be with Sasha because she was showing... Wait a second. Did I just read this? No. No. I was under the impression that the reason Michonne was left at the church was because Tyrese wanted to be with Sasha because she was showing signs of mental instability. 
This is the case. A person second in line for babysitting duties is obviously Michonne. She's a history with Carl and has shown to have a strong liking for Judith. Given the circumstance... Also, um, she's a badass. Also, she's a badass. Given the circumstances, I'm not sure you could switch Michonne for someone else. Sasha's unstable. Daryl's your strongest asset. And no one knows the people you're attacking. That's one of the reasons I've kind of like flipped the yeah. script on that. Good points. Good points. Uh, Dave from Melbourne, Australia, I assume. <laughs> uh, I agree with Aaron's take from the instant cast that we need to prepare ourselves for a stinker of a midseason finale. I think this is based on the fact that we burned through the Hunter storyline at light speed and we should already have had the assault on the hospital and be moved on to reunited parties. The slowdown in the story, while not as bad as the farm or the governor plot lines, uh, I still don't understand why they didn't bring a third group of bad guys into the story once they leave Atlanta, minus one member, most likely Carol, but with Noah and a couple of slab townians in tow. Daryl's Mortal Kombat finisher, whilst hmm. completely ridiculous, saved the episode from being very low on the episode <laughs> rankings, as it was another stalling setup episode that I don't think we really needed. Yeah, I don't think we needed it either. Like, that's the thing. Rick's group could have just charged in there and tried to get Carol and Beth back. We didn't need this setup, right? Could they have Could they have not done this hostage plan and instead had them run in and go kill everybody, like Rick's plan was, and still have Abraham and their stuff happen along the road and have Michonne and Carl's stuff happen and Gabriel? Do you think some of the pressure is trying to give this talented ensemble cast something to do. Cause I remember Maybe reading, so. um, you know, I'm a big star Trek nerd. I remember reading some behind the scenes guides, um, about how, what a challenge it was for the writers to keep everyone involved. And like, people would grumble and be like, you know, I, you know, I, I didn't do, get to do anything. But hold the fucking tricorder this episode or the last three episodes. Do you think that they're like, we need to give the cuttlefish, some some room to stretch his dramatic legs. We need to get yeah, Rosita. I mean, my God, she's a star of Twilight. We need to get this woman <laughs> some some lines. Yeah, probably so. Uh, when you get up into, you know, the 10, 12 number of people who... I don't know. I feel like it's a mistake for this show to focus on the story of more than one person. Like, every good show I can think of, when you boil it down, the show is about one person's journey. Like, Breaking Bad is about Walter White. Mad Men is about uh, Don Draper. Game of Thrones is, like, the exception, but I feel like it's the, the only show. Uh, yeah, you The can't Wire. Do, That's fair enough. But, that, but then that is about no one. The Wire is yeah, about yeah. what's wrong with America, basically. And Game of Thrones is kind of about no one, too. It is. It's about <laughs> what the hell's going on in Westeros. It's and, about and the how politics it's the, a, the world. It's a struggle of humanity to survive. So maybe I'm completely off base, but I feel like a running thread of Rick's struggle in this thing sure. is how it was set up kind of at the beginning, and now we've got so many people that it's like, how you're right, how are we going to give all of them time in an eight-episode half-season. I mean, we've got more characters here than we have episodes uh, in a half-season. What are we going to do with them? Yeah. Mark from Omaha, Omaha Omaha said, you would think with one episode left that the teams would be coming together, but no. Thank God the Reverend left Carl and Michonne. Tara, Zed, and Glenn left Maggie, Eugene, and Abraham. Sasha was left behind with Bob the Cop. You're right. They can't stop splitting the group. We have six groups now, if you consider Gabriel a group. <laughs> he's got the lord with him <laughs> you're right he, he absolutely does <laughs> no i totally agree it's ridiculous they need to rein that shit in and i they have, will i have faith they I, will. I feel like it's a it's a pick two scenario you're mm -hmm. going to get 
you're going to get Abraham and the group reunited. You're going to get the resolution of Slabtown. You're going to get Father Gabriel to come back, pick two. Here's, here's they can't. The they cannot. Unless they're going to do like a, um, you know, take a page from FX and just let the finale be as long as it needs to be. And we get like a 90 minute finale, which I have not seen. Yeah. Um, there's no way they can wrap, wrap all three of those plots up. Yeah, it doesn't really seem like it. But it so it feels to me like above everything else, at all costs, Walking Dead does two things well season openers and season enders. Uh and that seems to be their main focus. Like if they need to push off an event, an episode to get it to the end of the season to make things really bonkers, they will. Uh and that's kind of I feel like an effect that caused us problems in this episode. Mm. Like we didn't need this stuff with Tyrese going all good guy and Daryl joining him. We needed a badass assault on this hospital, but it wasn't the right time as far as AMC is concerned. Uh they wanted the season finale to kick you in your dick and say you need to see this next season. Well, I hope it works because it I It works every time, right? We no. we go through season 3 finale, boom. Okay. Okay. <laughs> that was the rare exception. Uh, they fucking bungled that. But for the last, like, two and a half seasons, or two, like, three half seasons, uh-huh. you know what I mean? Like, season and a half, uh-huh. uh, they kept doing this to us. Like, every season, we go in and we say, God, this show is really bad in the middles. Like, really, really bad. But at the end, we're always like, okay, I'm pumped. I'm ready for next season. Show it to me. Yeah, I mean, I think maybe... Maybe they need to take a page from Mad Men and have seven episode halves. <laughs> but that doesn't that doesn't help. Yeah, because now they're just going to be punting stuff one less episode. What I'm saying is there is a very real thing. Like one of the things you've we've we've talked about a lot of times off off uh, mic is mm-hmm. the big problem with Lost is they try to do it as a traditional sure. 24 episode season cycle where you. You just cannot have hundreds of episodes and they all be focused and tight and all that. You get, you got to think of stupid shit. Sure, I'm totally with you there. But the difference between eight and seven is not like the difference between twenty four and twelve, for instance, is massive. Right? That's a full twelve hours of TV you don't have to produce. One hour of TV, I feel like you can you can stretch enough to get an hour throughout an eight episode arc. Hmm. Where, where you don't have to plan these things out to where the middle kind of sags. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, you're right. And there's the other thing is a lot of these are self-inflicted. Many ways they could have told this story without it having some draggy parts. Yeah, it just feels like they're, they want to save that knockout blow for the end of the season, and that's at all costs. And that's fine. I mean, that's good. that makes good narrative sense to build up towards a climax and then have a resolution or cliffhanger. You know, I mean... Most shows yeah. kind of do stuff like that, but you just have to make the in-between stuff be a gradual increase of tension and not like <laughs> anytime you've got a significant majority of your viewers stepping back and like, do I care about what's going on or this part's interesting, but man, I'm really detached because I don't care about the characters or I don't have sufficient motivation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's a potential problem. Yeah. No, that's a bad, that's a bad thing to have happen. Uh, Noel W. from Wales said, uh, okay, here's a way I think the Gimbal can solve the Carol Catch-22. Okay. The group will attach those pipes from the organ, the Carol's hospital bed, and some form of makeshift ramrod. D- okay. During the inevitable chase scene, they can use Carol to open doors and smash through walls and shit. All by Carol completely <laughs> is unconscious. 
only for Carol to wake in the last 10 minutes of the episode, giving Rick and the gang a speech about she'll only slow them down and how they've all learned lessons she's been teaching, mm. like that dude did with Harry Potter. And then finally she will reveal the grenade she's been hiding all along, and yep. in a moment of pure TV gold, will stare Dawn in the eye and say, you're one ugly motherfucker with an Arnie accent, of course, before <laughs> pulling the pin that blows the hospital and everyone in it up. We then cut to a shot of yep. Rick looking on from a distance and saying, that'll do, pig, that'll do thereby giving Carol the dignified end she deserves and also satisfying the viewers with a believable story. She is the grenadier of the group, for sure. <laughs> I mean, the CDC, boom, that's Carol with a grenade in her purse. Right? Sure. She is the grenade so expert. There, the groundwork has been laid for this. I expect Since to have season it one, <laughs> I got to take my hat off to Frank Darabont for yeah. saying that. I mean, they've preserved this through three <laughs> showrunners now. It's impressive. Do you ever think about what this show would be like season five of Darabont stuck on? Oh, man. I just want to know what season two would have been like. Mm. Like that alone. Yeah, I was someone else's email right before we started the show. I didn't, re, uh, but I kind of did some back and forth, and we were talking about how, how much more cinematic oh, it yeah. felt in season one. And mm-hmm. I'm not, I mean, Darabont might have gotten into navel gazing and it might have turned sure. into a bigger shit show. Who knows? But I just sometimes wonder if, uh, if you had that continuity of a strong creative force at the center, I don't know. Yeah. Uh, Mr. Rock and ROK, uh, uh, he, he sub, subheads his emails. This particular subheading is three men in a utility pole. Gratuitous zombies have become part and parcel of the Walking Dead sets, and for the most part, they're fitting. A massacre group of campers fits a narrative. Perhaps marauders took a shortcut through that skywalk or soldiers passed through a mission to sanitize. Either one could fit. A reanimated body of a suicide wannabe dangling from a noose fits a narrative. Unaware of Jenner's secret, such a man could have thought he was ending it all, only to wake up dead. Undead. It fits. But three mm-hmm. zombies stuck under a toppled utility pole? How did this happen? In any world, real or post-zompocalyptic, it would be a freak accident. Add to the fact that the three doofuses <laughs> were all public utility employees who spent half their lives around utility poles, and somehow they all found themselves pinned under the same pole. (laughs) And for what? So their heroes had access to enough company-issued coats with netting for their little fishing venture? So here's the scenario. When you put it that way... I'm, I'm building a scenario in my head whereby... All three of these guys were sent out to this job because shit's going wrong in Atlanta, right? Power's, yeah. going, power's going down because of walkers yeah. going crazy. Power company sends them out to this poll and says, here's the source of the problem. It's a pretty significant problem. So all three of these guys climb the pole. Uh, they're all on the same side. The pole comes toppling down and just crushes all three of them. Like, they don't get crushed by the falling pole. They get crushed because they're on the pole when it falls. Oh. You know? But I don't know why three dudes would climb a pole at the same time. <laughs> it was like, a dare. Yeah. They're trying to get an awesome <laughs> selfie. I don't know, man. It, it I don't was... know. That's a fair question. <laughs> uh, second subheading, Naked and Afraid. There are elements of this show that seem directly cut from Naked and Afraid episodes. On the Discovery Channel reality show, one pair of survivalists scooped up and drank brown, earthy water. Another pair was fishing for sustenance in a shallow, muddy stream. A number of survivalists were slowed by giant thorns that impaled their feet. Every other survivalist was armed with a machete. I'm not saying they copied, but I wouldn't be a bit surprised if some of the writers found inspiration from Naked and Afraid and decided to insert wow. these survival themes into the narrative. 
That's a terrible way to write your show. No, I'm all for it. <laughs> what? I'm all for okay. these, like, you know. Them copying reality TV shows and the bullshit that they set up in those things. Well, that's what I'm saying. Like, Walking Dead is only slightly less scripted than Dual Survivor. Exactly. And yeah. Naked and Afraid. But uh, they do have some sound survival strategies. Mm-hmm. You know, Bear Grylls drinks his own piss. Uh, Cody Lundeen can <laughs> Completely. make... He just pisses into the air and gets underneath it. Co- and... Cody Lundeen can make fire out of a bucket of water. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've all got their skills, and I liked seeing that stuff. Like, I really liked seeing the internet yeah. fishing and sure. the, the, the water filter. It just... The situation they were doing it under was ridiculous. So... Yeah. But yeah, no, fair, fair nitpicks there. Paul S. said, uh, does this show have the intestinal fortitude to show this group of commandos wholesale slaughtering cops? Well, these cops may have, be slave-owning rapists. They're all still wearing the blue uniform and badges, and no matter how much it fits into the narrative, the show better be prepared for some serious pushback if they go this route. I remember when the first Terminator, Schwarzenegger, plowed through the police precinct trying to get to Sarah Connor, there was a significant amount of backlash from police organizations. Depending on how this episode goes down and how popular the show is, I fear that they could get the same type of feedback. That being said, if they cheapen out and peacefully resolve this, I'll be pissed at how anticlimactic this half season will end. Oh, yeah. They may have painted themselves in a corner here. Your thoughts, Jim? I just wanted to go ahead and kick ass. Uh, Honestly, I want this whole hostage plan to go horribly wrong. Uh, I think it's already started. I think Bob's going to run in and tell Don what's about to go down, and they're going to man up and, you know... uh, try and hold this hospital. Uh, I hope that's what happens, because I want to see an all-out battle for Beth and Carol. Yeah, about the cop angle, you know, and I'm saying this as one of my best friends is Metro Police. Um, I They specifically say they're not cops anymore. But the imagery is still there. Yeah. I'm just saying there's okay. some other imagery that I've been choking down the last few years is cops and tanks rolling through American cities with riot gear and flashbangs and grenades and assault rifles. So they might want to consider having a measured response before they complain about a post-zombie apocalypse shooting of dirty cops. Sure. All I'm saying, maybe they think about it before they pull that PR trigger. Maybe. All right. Yeah. Um, But on that note... Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Uh, <laughs> have, a, have a good uh, uh, long weekend. We got a rock and spoiler section. Okay. Uh, if you care to listen past the music. Uh, but that's all we got for this week. Uh, we got season finale this weekend. We'll have the instant cast on Sunday night, the full cast on Tuesday. If you got more feedback, send it in to watchingdead at baldmove.com. Of course, you can follow along on facebook.com slash baldmove for our show and our podcast threads. Uh, you can get a gym on Twitter, at Twitter. Don't Check forget the, the new forums. forums. Oh, yeah. Forums.baldmove.com. And uh, if you want to help us out making Bald Move a better place, don't forget survey.baldmove.com. Uh, yeah. You can fill that out and give us a piece of your mind. Sounds good. Uh, we'll be back next week after the episode. And until then, if you're not sticking with us through the spoilers, I'm Jim. I'm Aaron. See ya. Do you love Rick Grimes or Daryl Dixon? Can't get enough of the Hound and Aria Roadshow? Like Frank Underwood, can you solve all of life's problems with deceit and murder? Show your fan pride. Get exclusive designs on high-quality t-shirts and hoodies to celebrate your favorite shows and characters at merch.baldmove.com. And we're back with the spoiler section. What do we have this week? Patrick T. said, want to follow up on the Ginny 
the Ginny Vin- the Ginny Vones, the Vinny Jones, as potential Negan from last week's spoiler yeah. cast. If you missed that, Sphinx from Gone in sixty seconds, Bullet Tooth Tony from uh, Snatch, and yeah. all the Guy Ritchie yeah, yeah. films. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jones' first career was a professional soccer player in the UK from the late eighties to early to late nineties. Did not fucking know that. Yeah. And the UK is most remembered for having a fearsome reputation for inflicting fouls on the players from other teams. According to Wikipedia, <laughs> he was sent off 12 times in his career, as well as holding the record for the quickest ever booking in a football match, being booked after just three seconds for a foul on the opposition player, Dane Whitehouse. In three the seconds into F- a match. At the FA Cup between Chelsea and Sheffield, Sheffield United in 1992. I understood some of that stuff. I think booked uh, means think, thrown out. Uh I feel I feel like book might mean penalized. No, because that's carded, right? Because they got the like yellow card, red card, booked. How do you get thrown out of a match three seconds in? I feel like I need the video. He must have just ran out on the field as soon as the whatever national anthem they play and just cold cocked the guy, kicked him right in the balls. Maybe so. Just teed off on him. It'll be interesting to see how the writers explain his London accent. Uh, my take yeah. on that is like I think we mentioned that is that yeah, just go, bloody and bollocks. And, yeah, go crazy with the the British swears. Yeah, um, as a way to. But it, I think homage. he's saying like British dude in Georgia. I think how are they going to explain that? You think there are a bunch of British dudes running around Georgia? Well, we had a Scottish dude as the governor with a uh, southern accent. I mean, explain <laughs> he, that he he was at least trying. <laughs> yeah. Um, no, I mean, I think it would be cool to have a guy just unexplained with a thick accent. And if, right. like, someone asks him, it's like, you know your accent. If it, Just have him beat him to death with a baseball bat. And like, <laughs> there's your answer. That was a terror. I don't know what. <laughs> there's your answer. That turned out to be, like, half Scottish, half Tony Danza from Who's the Boss. I don't know what the fuck. <laughs> oh, God. Angela. Oh, Jesus. Allison, I want your thoughts on this, she says. I noticed some chemistry between Michonne and Daryl in a few scenes last season. For example, when it's just two of them and Daryl asks how Michonne's search for the governor has been going, I think it would be interesting to see the dynamic between these two, especially considering Daryl's background of bigotry. Mm. I think it would work with Michonne being the instigator slash seducer and Daryl, uh, who does not seem so experienced in that department. Uh, I realize there's a line of thought that Michonne and Rick will be paired up, and I like that too. What yeah. would be really cool is if Michonne's TV character mirrored her comic character on the idea of promiscuity, Slash multiple partners, and she is paired up with both men. Hmm. I highly doubt they will take this decision. Yeah, Michonne is a player. Okay, she just sleeps her way through, and I'm not hating. I'm not. I am not a man to slut shame, male or female. Uh -uh. And I thought that was really cool because it's it's refreshing to see a a female character who's kind of closed off emotionally, still openly sexual, and kicks ass on the side. Sure. As far as uh, Daryl and his bigotry. Uh, I mean, Merle's obviously a racist. I don't know that it's been brought up much that Daryl has that side to him. No. Like, potentially, I don't think it's ever been mentioned. No. Maybe that is a trait that he did not adopt from his brother. Well, he's definitely said some casual racist things in the first season. I can't think of any. Like, he's but, like... But maybe I'm, yeah, just not remembering from so five years ago. Glenn he's Chinese, <laughs> like, I'm actually Korean. He's like, whatever. And oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I mean, it's, it's not not sure. like uh, fucking Merle where he's got no. SS bolts on his motorcycle. <laughs> yeah. Dropping the N-word and all this shit, but, you know. Sure. Soft. So, so maybe he did pick up a little bit of that. He definitely came up with an ignorant background. Yeah. 
so that, that could be an interesting arc for Daryl going forward. Yeah, it's the, the, the redneck squirrel, squirrel killing warrior with mm-hmm. the badass African American ninja. Yeah, maybe he gets a little bit of an education from Michonne, you know? Or maybe he, you know, comes to respect Michonne as a person and then realizes, oh, yeah, these are people too. <laughs> It'd be sweet as hell if she she slept with both Rick and Daryl and then they have to deal with that. <laughs> uh, sure. But I, I do feel like that they. So in, in the comic books, eventually Rick and Andrea get paired off. Okay. Um, Probably not going to happen here. I don't think so, unless there's a zombie pairing in the future. And, th- and he shot He's her. dead. Yeah. yeah, shot her in the head. Mm-hmm. I-, I could see that Michonne could eventually take that role. And they do have, I think, Andrew and uh, what the hell? Is, I can't pronounce her name. Deny? Yeah, Deny. Mm-hmm. Uh, I always want to say Denae or something. Deny, I have a shit ton of chemistry together. Yeah, definitely. Uh, but she's got chemistry with everyone. I mean, it's like effortless. Does. Even fucking Carl. Not sexual, of course, but no, like yeah. she just really pops with almost everybody she's put on screen with. Yeah, and I think it's about time for them to go somewhere like that with Rick, maybe. You know, he's becoming... The we, ghost of Lori has been exercised like yes, two seasons ago. Exactly, and he hasn't really done any of the kind of relationship stuff since really, I mean, early season two before, like when it was a big deal between him, Shane, and yeah. Lori. Yeah. I mean, that's kind of the last time the romance stuff with Rick has been brought up. So I feel like maybe he needs to be brought out of his romance shell by Michonne a little bit. But I don't feel like she's maybe the one to bring him out because she doesn't seem to have much of that in her at this point either. Yeah, she's. You know? it's weirdly, if you know her character in the comics, it's weird how kind of asexual she's been so far. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Dan W. said, you guys probably already saw this article or receive it from a thousand listeners. Not quite, but you were the first, Dan. Make sure you check this out. Seems to confirm what you guys have been speculating, that Daryl and or Beth, more likely Carol, won't make it out of the hospital alive. Mm-hmm. So this is from a TV Guide interview that Norman Reedus did about the mid, the Walking Dead's mid-season finale. And I don't have a link for it handy, but if you go to tvguide.com site and search, it's pretty easy to find. Um, he the, the exact quote... Uh, was he? Reedus describes the hour's final moments as so devastating that they unleashed an intense wave of feelings before the cameras rolled. I sat, mm. quoting him, I sat on an apple box with my head between my legs and I just bawled for an hour. He said, I really wanted not to tear up during the scene. I wanted to be like I wasted every tear in my body before we started shooting. So I just sat there and cried and cried and cried. That's interesting. I'm struggling to find a context in which you wouldn't want to cry when something That's horrible That's what I'm happens. like. If if something horrible happens yeah. it's between Beth or Carol, how are you going how is Daryl going to be stone-faced about it? Hmm. I don't know. I'm definitely interested to see how it plays out. I mean, if Maggie cannot give a shit about her sister, then maybe Daryl can just be like, "Yeah, Carol, whatever." <laughs> yeah, man, that's the other thing. If they don't if they go through the rest of this half season, so Robert Kirkman is either they're going to show in this next episode Maggie totally giving a shit about her sister and explaining why she hasn't in the past, or Robert Kirkman is a fucking liar and he's just waiting for the reactions on the internet to then tailor the next half season to answer those questions because he has said there's going to be an explanation for why sure. Maggie uh, is not more concerned about her sister. That is still 
one episode to go in this half season, nowhere to be found. Sure. No, I, I agree. I feel like he said that knowing, oh shit, next half season, we've got to write something in there about that because people are pissed. So here's some spoiler inter- interesting information. Carolyn J said, I'm deep into fandom filming tracking. And I know that Melissa McBride was seen on the set filming the season finale at was presumed to be the Alexander Safe Zone set. We've seen pictures of that set. It looks the like one a wall city. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. Yeah. Um, so I think she's going to be around for a while. Fave no. character of women, Emily Bate, uh, yada, yada, yada. Also, FYI, Emily Kinney has not been seen on set since the mid-season finale filming period and is currently going <laughs> all out promoting her music career. So make of that what you like regarding the Beth Hospital arc. That to me is great news, and nothing against Emily Kinney. No, I'm not. We are not uh, Beth haters. No, we're not. But I we're feel not Beth lovers, but we're not Beth haters. I feel like holding on to Beth, Carol and losing Beth is the right dramatic choice for the show, and I, for one, would be thrilled if we got that outcome. I'm torn, man. I I think. Yeah, I'd be totally thrilled with that because I think Melissa McBride is fantastic. Uh, Carol is a much stronger character than Beth has ever been. But, man, I just don't know if that feels right given what's led up to it. I mean, the Mount Rushmore of this show right now is Rick, Carl, uh, Daryl, and Carol. I would put a fifth head on there as as Glenn, except for he... Yeah, he has not really covered himself in he's glory a trout the last at this point, yeah. the last uh, couple uh, a couple episodes. So, yeah, I I I don't Carol like the brutal. idea that they've they've now hit Carol with a car, said she's half dead on this table and she's somehow going to survive this encounter. I mean, she she's was a tough just bird. injected with far too much epinephrine for a human to survive. <laughs> Uh, is drip though? I'm gonna. I'm just assuming they, they just didn't drip. do their fucking research. All right. Well, yeah, that's not what they showed us. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I I don't know. I think it's. I feel like it's the right move to kill Carol here. Wow. She has gone through such a long. It would be powerful. Interesting character arc. I feel like where else does she have to go after this? But that's when a character really becomes interesting. You can start when playing they have nowhere to go. Off of. No, 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 no. When you've got this like really extensive shared history, and you can start telling new stories with them. I mean, hell, maybe it's a maybe, car- maybe there's know. a Rick Carroll like type Andrea pairing going on. Sure, I would love that, and I've I said that maybe a couple of seasons ago before she was banished mm-hmm. uh, that I that I kind of wanted to start seeing that. But I I don't know, man. It feels like they're leading up to Carol's death. I just can't get over the fact that she's been pronounced basically dead yeah. at this point. <laughs> that was but that was a horseshit cop move. I thought that was just him being a dick to. I don't know why I can't like, remember. Shit, I can't charge my DVD player this afternoon. That's this right. Woman this is woman's on the hard juice. lung machine, goddammit. Yeah. That, that, I was using that outlet. <laughs> <laughs> this episode of BoJack Horseman ain't going to watch itself. Uh, <laughs> I guess he'd need Netflix for that. He would, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, Tim from Massachusetts, or maybe it's Maine. What the hell is the abbreviation for... The, the M states are a mess, because you got... Is M.E. Maine? M.E. might be Maine. M.E. is Maine. So M.A. is Massachusetts. I think so, yeah. Okay. And like M.O. Missouri. Is it? Yeah. So what's in M.I. is Mississippi? No, M.I. is Michigan. Yeah. So M.A. No, Missouri's M.S. Right? Or is Mississippi Well, what's Montana? That's it. Montana's M.O. Fuck, I don't... This is embarrassing. (laughs) There's... 
<laughs> this is embarrassing. Yep. Uh, you are from Massachusetts, I think. Absolutely. Tim says, I think this last episode sets up nicely for the group to reunite with Morgan and for Maggie's attempted suicide to play out. Uh, Maggie seemed fairly distraught about the dream of Washington dying. I think Beth will die in the next episode. Oh, this is this is a good one. It's alive in Portland. I think Beth will... <laughs> the dream of Washington. <laughs> yep. Uh, I think... Beth will die in the next episode helping to save Carol. This will put Maggie over the edge when she realizes she could have seen her sister again but chose Glenn instead. And not just Glenn, but that fucking ginger-mustached Abraham yep. will be enough for her to swing from her comic book gallows. We talked about this, that Maggie actually tries to kill herself in the comic books, right? I thought we talked about that in last week's spoiler section. Uh, Maybe we did. Yeah, I don't remember. She tries to hang herself, and they hmm. manage to rescue her, and she's unconscious. And Abraham tries to kill her, and then she wakes up. Uh, going, hmm. um, I think this is really strong. And in in if Kirkman is saying that he's made this whole Maggie thing a muddled mess to lead up to that moment, partial redemption, right? What moment exactly? Reread that. Okay. Um. Maggie seemed fairly distraught about the dream of mm-hmm. Washington dying. I think Beth will die in the next episode trying to save Carol. This will put Maggie over the edge when she realizes she could see her. She could have seen her sister again, but chose Glenn instead. Hmm. I don't know, man. If she all of a sudden had this reversal of because she knows her sister's alive, doesn't well, she? Daryl said that. She there's the hope anyway. The dream of Beth is still alive in Portland as well, not just Washington. <laughs> I yeah I don't I don't buy it I don't buy it for a second. Okay, Maggie and her sister are a lost cause to me at this point. Eh, I, I kind of agree with that, but I think they could. I'm always looking for ways where they can fire break the bad decisions of the past and be like, all right, it might have been horseshit to where we get to or where we got here from. Yeah, but this moment is strong and we can build on this. You know, like the Herm Edwards, we can build on this. Then I feel like they should have taken Maggie to the hospital. Like, what are they doing? Do they do they want some deathbed reuniting of no. Maggie and her sister? Her regret or... at missing that when she I, finds out she missed on that—that's I just don't her think that's as powerful as watching her sister die after she thought she was already dead. And yeah, but if Kirkman's in full remix mode and is like, "I gotta hang Maggie," how do I get there? That's not a bad way to get there. Have her I be guess. deeply in denial to try to <laughs> reflexively protect herself. Have her choose Glenn over all, and then have her regret it when her last flesh and blood dies. When she could have arguably her and, and then Glenn have her could resent Glenn it. for it. How about that? Ooh, because Glenn's the one that made the call. Well, arguably. I mean, just irrationally resent. Okay, Glenn, yeah, that's you good know? too. People, people uh, blame and yeah. project stupid stuff all the time. Sure. All right. Uh, Tim continues going forward. I think we see Gabriel meet up with Glenn's group as he runs from the church. His fleeing the church establishes his fear of Rick's main group, so his ultimate betrayal of them and Alexandria will make sense. I see Glenn deciding to push towards uh, forward towards Washington anyway because he will still believe in Eugene's overall intelligence and his branch of the group probably finds uh, Aaron first. Oof. This is all deep comic spoilers. So if you... Oof, I don't know about his belief in Eugene's intelligence. <sighs> yeah. At this point, he basically hates Eugene for no, what he did. I, yeah, I think that... Like he says, I've seen the things you can do. I, I, there's a way that you can bridge that. I think. Yeah, I'm, I'm, sh- I'm certain there is a way. With like, you know, I'm mad at you, and you shouldn't have done this, but I also understand, and I can take advantage of your big juicy brain going forward. Yeah, maybe. 
Uh, as for the rest, Beth dies, as uh, has been mentioned. They rescue Carol and decide to hold up somewhere to allow her to heal before heading out on the road, at which point they <laughs> encounter Morgan. That's my take. Are we going to see Morgan in this episode? No fucking way. Uh, I've, I've heard that his name is in the IMDb credits, um, so we might actually get a cameo or something from him next episode. Now, we'll do, see. You, do you think that if, but five if all we in the see is, is him stumbling past another sign covered in vine... Is that horseshit? They shouldn't have even done it then. I agree. Yeah. Either you're going to bring him back in this half season when you tease him, or you're not. And you don't need to tease him. The, the, Morgan could stay on the back burner for another half season, right? Sure. It's not like we're going to forget him. We didn't need to see <laughs> no, him. He's already been out of it for a season a season and a half. Yeah, we so... didn't need to see him dressed up like the fucking Star-Lord from Guardians no. of the Galaxy uh, to remember, oh, yeah, that's Morgan. Yeah. Uh, Mikey said, I predict that Beth will be the team member to die based purely on the amount of time it'll take to do the makeup for her new scars. And a practical take on Beth's death. Okay. I think Gimple decided it's just easier to mourn our precious doodlebug. It'll make me sad. I think she's coming to her own. So wait, well, let, me, let me get this straight. So he's willing to melt fucking walkers to the cement. <laughs> but a money, couple man. of scratches on her face are not worthwhile. Maybe, maybe Emily Kinney is like, fuck, I'm not sitting in a makeup chair that long. No, no scar appliances. <laughs> Great. Yeah. All right. That's a real bu- tragedy to budget cuts, man. Uh-huh. Emily Kinney, you got to go. Sorry. <laughs> Do you remember that one is a really hotly contested thing amongst the fandom? What the, was? The, the bitterness that the... Oh, the uh, budget cuts? Yeah, that, that Mad Men and Breaking Bad were stealing all of Walking Dead's money. Yeah. Now the show's 18 million viewer juggernaut. That That concern has gone away somewhat. <laughs> Definitely, yeah. Uh, and they still make stupid budget cuts. Um, it'll make me sad. I think she's coming to her own. But come on, those are some pretty big ungainly stitches. Don't get me wrong. It'll be cool to see her with some righteous scars. It would be a nice homage to the comic book Andrea. That's, yeah, that's a strong point as well. I don't get the, the reference to comic book Andrea there. Andrea gets busted up. She's a little bit All of right. a Scarface okay. in the comics. I know that Andrea got busted up in the, <laughs> in the television <laughs> show as well. Um uh, she could uh, she could rock a pretty savage face as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, last one, Paul S. from Pennsylvania said, spoiler, uh, Noah said that he's from Richmond and they have walls. While Richmond is about a 90, mile, 90 miles from Alexandria, this could give the group impetus to keep heading towards D.C. now that the Eugene story has come undone. Huh. Noah could lead them there expecting the same safe place he left and return to a walled community like the Hilltop that now has to pay tribute to the Saviors, which is Negan's gang. There Just you go. Thought. That's, perfect. Perfect. That's how they they tie it to next season. Yep. Noah and Richmond. That they've set it up as a safe haven. That's their next move. Uh, yeah, because they're going to be like, where do we go? There's no DC. It's like, well, Richmond's got walls. Yep. We need to get back there. And it takes them closer to DC. Done so. and done. Yep. Good work, people. I think I think we have solved <laughs> the mystery of the mid season finale at this point. Yeah. Either Carol, Beth, or Daryl dies. <laughs> Daryl's not and dying. And we end up in Richmond. Daryl's not dying. Unless, no. oh, unless he was trying not to cry because he is the one dying. Uh, that would make sense. Sure. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that's not happening, though. I don't know. We'll see. Norman Reedus not being on set all of next season would be pretty big news, I think. Yeah, I think so. I don't know. what I If you if you had to bet money, if I had a metaphorical gun. Carol. Really? Still? Yep. Still. After so you you just think Carolyn's uh, full of shit? 
because Carol I don't being know that she's full of shit. Perhaps there is bad intel here. If Carol is, or if if her information's accurate, mm-hmm. and Melissa has been on the set in Alexandria, and Allison Kinney is off promoting her singing career, uh-huh. that's damning, damning on Beth, for, for but Beth's survival. But we've just said that they're not going to Alexandria. We've yeah, we've no, said they're I've... going to Richmond. Well, but I is think that what so that's, that's her version of Alexandria. I, no one knows what that set is supposed to be. Yeah, I think it's supposed to be Richmond because it's a walled quote as a quote a walled city. But a lot uh-huh. of comic readers might think that it's sure. You know, if they see that, they go, oh, that must be with Alexandria. So yeah, maybe it's wishful thinking. But another I think thing is Carol's run her course after five seasons, and the other thing is there's no need for them to go to DC. They could just do it all in fucking Richmond. It would be a lot easier because. Yeah, it's a hell of a lot easier to find stuff that looks like Virginia. I mean, Virginia in a, in Georgia than it is to find stuff that looks like our nation's capital. Very true. Um, although I don't know that there's any like really big landmarks in Alexandria. Like, you, I don't think you ever see the, the Capitol building or hmm. the White House, which seems oddly restrained. Maybe because I blitzed through like issues fifty through a hundred. I inhaled those suckers digitally. <laughs> um, so I don't know. Anyway, I thought it was a pretty good spoiler section. Yeah, for sure. Uh, I'm I'm kind of excited about Richmond. I want them to get there. Yeah. Slash Alexandria, slash DC, whatever they're doing. I'd like next. to see a non-dysfunctional survivor group. Yeah. So we can get some glimmers of hope before Negan comes in and beats it to death <laughs> with a baseball bat. Yep. All right. Uh, so we'll see you next week for then. Definitely. See you then, guys. Yeah, and happy Thanksgiving. Yeah. <laughs>